In this episode of Iron Size Podcast, I sit down with Alex Lopez of Arm the Homies. You might find them on Instagram, Outdoor Lifestyle Company. I rock some of their gear sometimes. You see me wearing their hats and shirts in the studio. Now, Alex is a young guy, and I say that because I think he's about half my age. But I'm saying this because I think he brings an interesting perspective and a unique level, I think, of knowledge for where he is in life, specific to firearms sales here in the state of California. He spent a couple of years doing this through the pandemic when volume of those things was very high. And I brought him in today because I wanted to talk about and bring people up to speed on and educate people on what it's like being a firearms owner here in California, what that buying process is, particularly with all the things that are going on out there in the world. I've had a lot of frustrating conversations with people that live here in the state and otherwise that think we just hand guns out to folks despite, you know, what their backgrounds look like or, or anything else that you can just walk into a store and hand your money over the counter and walk out with a gun. So if you're a person who's thinking about buying a gun in the state of California, you're a little intimidated, a little unsure about the process, this is going to be a great podcast for you. If you're a person who's been through this a million times, you kind of get it all, have faced some of the frustrations and some of the things that happen here, and you know somebody who's thinking about buying a gun, well, then maybe this helps you educate them a little bit better on what to know when they go through their own experience. And lastly, if you're one of those people that knows or think you know it all, you might want to think again because it seems there's always something new that the state's throwing at us to make the whole process a little bit more difficult. So maybe this one helps you get out in front of all that. You know, the older kids taught me a lesson early in life, and that was snitches get stitches. We kids wanted things we said and did in the absence of outside eavesdropping eyes and ears to remain private and secure within our little neighborhood tribe. After all, this information was private, and we were sworn to keep it secure so it didn't get exploited in the wrong hands. Nowadays, my private information has expanded beyond that little group of bike-riding marauders and now sits available on all my electronic devices. And that makes me feel pretty uneasy, especially after having my phone and personal accounts hacked and taken advantage of. The reality for you and me is our laptops are never really off. Our phones hold our entire lives, including family and work, and everything from credit cards to passports contain RFID. All of this effectively makes those little items little snitches. And this makes us all vulnerable to having our digital lives stolen. It's time to put a stop to that. And this is where Silent comes in. That's S-L-N-T. Silent offers a range of sleek RFID blocking wallets, EDC Faraday bags, travel gear, laptop sleeves, and key fob cases with the added protection of their patented Silent Pocket Faraday cage technology. This elite signal blocking technology is the easiest way to instantly enhance your peace of mind around how your mobile devices are screwing your digital life up. My personal favorites are the Silent Faraday phone and laptop sleeve. They give me peace of mind by allowing me to completely disconnect from anything incoming and or outgoing, including things that can negatively impact my financial, physical, psychological, and emotional health. So if you're looking for a solution to reclaiming your personal privacy, security, and health, go check out silent.com. That's S-L-N-T.com. You can follow them at GoSilent on Instagram and Twitter, and then use the code IRONSITES at checkout for an exclusive discount. If you've been listening to the show, you've heard me talk about BioPro Plus. It's a non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH hormone treatments. I get to basically experience the benefits of my own natural HGH, and I don't have to worry about any needles, any doctor appointments, or any weird side effects. The best part about this was is it started working super fast for me. I'm talking days, not weeks, and it's 100% safe. So the process to get BioPro Plus was super easy. I just ordered a 30-day supply of a nighttime and a daytime formula or morning formula. I hold this stuff under 
under my tongue for about 90 seconds before I swallow it. Right away, I noticed changes. One of the biggest things that came up for me was my recovery time improved. A couple other things I wasn't mad about. My libido went through the roof and my sleep was markedly better. Another downstream benefit of all the things that I mentioned, my body fat continues to drop and I haven't really changed that much about my lifestyle, my workouts, or my nutrition program. It's been pretty shocking. Listen, if you're interested in getting started on BioPro Plus, it's super easy. You can go get your 30-day supply by going to bioproteintech.com or you can simply follow them at bioproteintech and follow the links there. When you get there, use code IRONSIGHTS for $30 off your order. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. Welcome back to the Iron Sights Podcast. I got my buddy Alex Lopez in the house. Alex, what's up? What's going on, man? Great to be here. Great to be here. Very good to have you here. We've had uh, we've had time out on the range together. We've had time on like some travel trips to like range trips together, actually. Yeah. Um, sh- so we shared a lot of time in the car and even in like same Airbnbs and stuff. So I've gotten to know you a little bit. Uh, but I actually know you. I knew you from before. Uh, a couple of things we're going to talk about because you used to work at one of the local gun shops here that I've done business at and mm-hmm. uh, know quite a few of the people over there and, and whatnot. And so you bring a different perspective to some things that I want to talk to you about today. But before we get into that, let's talk about you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm Alex, as said before, uh, got a clothing company over here on the West Coast, uh, just kind of revolving around the shooting community. Uh, we go by Arm the Homies, ATH, if you see us other places as well. Um, but yeah, me and my partner, we're up here in North Cal and he's down there in SoCal. Uh, he's got a gun shop he's working with over there, Portside Munitions. They're a great group of guys down there. So that's just uh, what we've been doing and kind of just helping spread the love, spread the community vibe that it's not such a crazy um, kind of hobby. Uh, there's room for everybody no matter what walk of life you are. So just try to spread community love kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love Arm the Homies. I mean, people see me with I'm wearing the hat now. They see me wearing it all the time. I actually get lots of questions about it. Like when I'm when yeah. I'm out there, like, well, what is that hat? Because mm-hmm. they like the they like the design. Like, oh, it's cool. It's got like the bones kind of, you know, a font kinda to it. Little little uh, baseball stacked font kind of thing to it. So it it, it definitely draws questions. Like I'd be standing in line at the grocery store, I'd be lying. Yeah. It's it, frequently I get the question. I have some t shirts too, and they they ask me about it. And that basically the message I give them that it's hey, it's a it's a like a lifestyle brand, yeah, and it's really about spreading the good word and the love mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. you know people that hang out and do things, um, sur- you know, in the world of firearms. But it's also just about hanging out with your hanging yeah. out with people and not yeah. feeling weird, hanging right? out with the bros and just yeah. being able to have a good time. So that's kind of our connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly, the shop was very instrumental for me when I started to kind of up my game in the um in the firearms sort of realm mm-hmm. purchasing more firearms learning a little bit more about things i would come down and see you guys you guys are super helpful 
your partner being super helpful too yeah. at, at that particular time. So again, that's kind of where the relationship started. And then mm-hmm. kind of blossomed, been out on the range a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Like you've got to see me mess up and make all my mistakes and evolve a little I got bit. To see the, I got to see the pliers come out, with the double feeds, got yeah. to see it all. Yeah, we've had, a, we've, had, we've had quite a few experiences. But the experience that I'm, I really wanted to talk to you about today was your experience working in uh, the, the farms business, mm-hmm. particularly here in California. Yeah. And we're coming into, like, we're coming into this conversation. And the reason I wanted to have this conversation, like the current events, the day we're recording this and it will, it, this thing will come out shortly thereafter, but the day we're recording this, there's just been yesterday and they still haven't caught the guy with this, this shooter that, yeah, that I read went about on that a rampage in, mm-hmm. in Maine. I mean, hopefully they get the guy before we're done and we hit the stop button today. But, um, you know, anytime these things happen, obviously emotions get stirred and there's a lot of things going across the airwaves. And it, it, with that comes for me, a huge realization of how misinformed people are mm-hmm. about firearms in general. Or uh, just the blatantly lies or crazy, crazy scenarios that people are. It's very frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating. It's also at the same time, this comes with mixed emotion because my friends, you know, and the people that I talk to and that I'm close with, including you, I don't think the maybe folks from the outside that are misunderstood don't understand that we're, for me, this impacts me like emotionally. It's as much yeah. as any, anybody else, it might, anybody else. I'm very frustrated by this, but I'm saddened by this uh, because um, in every one of these instances, no matter how you slice it, they almost all at the end seem like, man, this didn't need to happen. Not just because there was a firearm involved, but this almost every time it's like this could have been prevented. We should have seen this coming. Yeah, it, it definitely sucks. And it's it's a different take that just fuels the fire more of firearms need to be banned. Firearms need to be uh, this or that or what laws may need to be passed. But at the same time, it's it's not it's not good for anybody. And a lot of people really need to realize that you're always going to be your first kind of responder. So with with these incidences being played against kind of firearms are all bad. Yes, we do. We agree with instances like this, but having someone be there with a CCW, a license holder who's actually been to the range and stuff like that and really, really works on his craft so he can stop stuff like that might be a lot helpful with more stuff going on like that. Yeah, I think you're not going to get any, any argument on that conversation um, from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's the challenge is, is like, but what if? That's just like, if you're going to... always... You yeah, can look at anything. If you're going to have this conversation about like guns need to be banned, could mm-hmm. you can you not also have this conversation about or whatever legislation, banned, not banned? I don't even want to go there. Yeah, rather but, not. <laughs> but can you not also have this conversation like, but what if? Like yeah. if all guns were banned, could that have stopped this? You can't say it, can't, can't, can't say, say it would or wouldn't have. Can't say he the that same crazy mind wouldn't have a hatchet or axe or whatever a case may be. You know, we see that stuff all the time. All the time, it still happens. It's yeah. So the, again, that other conversation just being like, but what if there there could have been a an armed and trained citizen mm-hmm. or otherwise that. Uh, that could have that could have maybe stopped or prevented at least some of this, uh, or at least know. scared them away, or you know, just just anything that that amount of loss of life didn't need to happen or injury as well. I generally these things as soon as the the offender is met with any type of force, they generally give up 
or it, or it stopped immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so again, this is a, that's a longer conversation and that's not why I brought you in today. It just happened to be, this has just happened. And I, part of, again, the, I think the, the relevancy is it sparks these conversations. They frustrate me because again, it brings up all this, like you, you're saying things that are untrue. There, there are false narratives that exist here. They're unfounded. Uh, there's a lot of emotion tied to it. Mm-hmm. And then you know, then the emotions turn into, you know, well, this is, you need to take your emotion to the polls to vote these certain things in. And it's only going to be, if it hasn't already happened, you're going to have the politicians will be at the pulpit by the end of the day today with their new, uh, was going to say the same thing. They're going to have some immediate action plan to roll out that really isn't looking at the big picture. So it, but at the same time fulfills or satisfies somebody emotion that we're doing something you or the person that read on the news, oh my God, that had that person had an assault rifle. Assault rifles are not bad. Oh, I feel better. Right. So it I feel like a lot of that too is just a quick bandage for some people too. So Yeah, it's 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 a it's a little bit frustrating. It's it ends up being a circular conversation. I don't mm-hmm. want this to be one of those. And, and more again, in my reaching out to you was I've had a lot of conversations lately with a lot of folks that are, I would say, misinformed mm-hmm. and ju- they're curious. They're, curious is, is I think is right on the nail right there. I think they want to they want to understand it, but they're very afraid of it. And I understand this. Um, and the, I understand the fear component and how that drives certain conversations and behaviors. But for me, I think it's the way you approach the fear. The fear is more like I don't understand this, and so I'm afraid. Yeah. Versus, I feel a little uncomfortable about this because I don't understand it. My response to this would be, well, let me go understand it. But, yeah. And the problem is, particularly in this particular conversation with these, with on this topic, is that where they get their information from tends to be very confusing, mm-hmm. uh, ambiguous at times, uh, misleading, misleading a lot of times, and convoluted as well too. Just a lot of info that's like ah, and a lot of it has to do with the source. Like yep. where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. But and, and is it coming from? I've used this before. Like is it coming from the crazy uncle? Is it coming from the, you know, the very, very staunchly, you know, out front conservative side of things? Is it coming from the very much uh, left, call it progressive or, uh, you know, liber- liberal type of mm-hmm. or, or side mm-hmm. or, or viewpoint? Is it somewhere in the middle? Where did this person get their information? How much experience do they have? All those things. And that, I think that that is the major problem. And so my, my goal would be to just like, hey, if, if there's folks out there that are a little bit more that need more information, let's, let's try and talk to them yeah. because nobody is talking to those people like on a public platform that I feel confident. So as an example, going mm-hmm. back to having these conversations, yeah. I recently had my, um, had my daughter, my oldest daughter on, on the show. And we were kind of recounting our experience at a recent farms event. Mm-hmm. And it was as many conversations I've had with her, as many experiences as, as I've had with her, that whole experience over that couple of days. And then, and then sitting down to kind of recap it together, turned on a lot of light bulbs for me about how she was getting their information or at least what she was mm-hmm. taking in. Mm-hmm. And that it was very one-sided. It was from me. Yeah. And, and she trusts me, right? But she got to spend a lot of time around a lot of other people that clearly aren't me mm-hmm. and ha- all have their own take and their own opinion. And there were, these were very well-founded takes and opinions and, you know, very like non-emotional, very much based on experience fact. And also, um, I think, uh, that curiosity 
And she was able to listen to that and take that all in. And it really changed her mindset about how she comes to the table now to ask more questions or maybe even stop somebody. She's like, you know, and be able to correct somebody or just say, Hey, I don't know everything, Mm -hmm. but I, I do know that what I know about this is that you're a little bit, you could be a little bit off base here. And I understand because I was very confused. So she can come at it from like an experiential perspective. So that was one part of it. And the other part of it was, is that where she is in her age, she was only 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, I'm, you know, I'm an old, I'm probably twice or more your age. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I understand that this message coming from me Mm -hmm. with the gray hair and being twice your age might not have as much weight as someone say maybe her age or a little bit older or something like that, maybe or an influencer that she watches or knows or something like that too. So you're spot on. Yeah, no, I I get it as well too. I mean, a lot of people, even current customers or a lot of past customers talk to or friends that I talk to now, uh, I would be, I know something is leading in the industry and I'll be like, yeah, you should take a look at this. I'm like, no, this guy runs this. That's the way that's the law. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But that's how, that's how some people are. They're not, always open-minded because they think they know it all. So having those people getting more in-depth and kind of being off base and being able to be put on base is very big. I think, so that's a big question that I had. And one of the reasons I want to have you in here, again, based on your experience and kind of where you are in the culture, Yeah, you know, and in life, where are folks, I I hate this, but I'm going to say it anyway, like where are folks your age? Where is the younger generation or those generations getting their information from, how are they being influenced? Then I understand social media and I, so mm-hmm. I understand how that works. I'm yeah. not that old. No, right. No. But like, I get that part, but yeah. like who and where, like, mm-hmm. what's the most influential, what are the most influential, like, I guess, I don't want to say mediums. I just want to say like pathways for the, for the younger, the younger crowd to get their info. Like, yeah. Where I are mean, they learning about guns, man? It's, it's, it's definitely weird. Um, because I mean, I, I definitely think in the last couple of years, guns have been more of a broader statement. You see them a lot more. I mean, maybe just because I'm in the industry, I see them a lot more online, a lot more new people trying to do what they like or train or, um, just, just get good or just somewhat be part of the community. So, uh, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I'd say YouTube is a big, is a okay. big place as well, as well too, is because you got a lot of cool guys doing gun reviews and stuff like that. They, they really go over really intricate parts and how they walk through the whole thing. Or you got some guys who just like, Hey, got this super thing. Looks cool. Let's shoot it. Or we have some personalities just like that is kind of a lot of what I find out or a lot of what my buddies were like, Hey, did you see this or do that? They spend time on YouTube. Uh, But a lot of that is not what we're talking about today as in how do I go get those cool things though? It's more of about just like, yeah, I seen this or that, but yeah, I want to see YouTube, uh, social media, TikTok, uh, those second clips of seeing someone shoot a full auto real quick will get you probably juiced up and want to see where that came from. So I'd say a lot of YouTube and TikTok are a lot of people that get influenced from there. So what about you though? Like when you were kind of coming up, uh, like where where were your yeah. influences coming from? Uh, so it's I was kind of spoiled. So like you said, I worked at that gun shop uh, for quite some time. So I, I got to really know what was the good and what was the bad. But for me, really growing up would be probably video games outside of that. Okay. I understand the video yeah. games is a thing. Like, yeah. I don't really, I've never been into them, but I understand mm-hmm. it's a thing. Yeah. I've been playing video games as long as I can remember. Okay. So that, that definitely always had kind of a, you know, a little, little thing here, influence, like yeah. influence there. It's like, oh, if I could actually do this one day, I would probably want to shoot this one because I'd like how it looks or 
I did really good with it and on the game or something That's like that. So, so interesting so, to me. Yeah, I've made, yeah, I've made purchases just off of that. So That's so interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I like this is not new news to me. Mm-hmm. I still find it fascinating every time I hear that, that this this connection is made mm-hmm. through this digital gaming experience yeah. that, and it's so, and it is very realistic in it, you know, in terms of, you know, what they're doing with the, the, games, the CGI and all the that games stuff. Right? Now are more realistic than ever with their attachments. It seems like, like you can move your sites forward and uh, different placements. Oh, I had no idea about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some uh, call of duty's last game. They did a bunch of stuff like that where you can actually move the positioning and stuff of your gun to have certain, uh, like if you flinch more or you have more recoil, like depending on attachments that you use and stuff. They went I had in, no idea. Yeah, they went to a little bit more in depth than that. They kind of took it from this other game. I think it's called Escape from Tark- Tarkarov or something like that. I'm not too good on PC, so I'm not too sure what all that's about. But I'd compare that to a lot of uh, maybe people a generation older than me comparing it to a lot of people what they use in the military. So you have a lot of these guys, if they do want to build something, it's like something like HK416 or they have some type of LMT, uh, six hour, stuff like that. People you can, uh, I, I see that are a little bit older than me or that kind of been established in the gun world. That's where they kind of get their influence from. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is a, well, I think it was actually a great compare contrast. What about, what about cinema? I mean, cause I, t- I talked to a lot of, day. yeah, I talked to a lot of guys. Oh like, yeah. You know, the whole John Wick thing. That is, is a, a huge deal. one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, I just said it. I mean, I maybe preloaded that, but John Wick, what else? Like, cause when I was growing up, like it was like going back to the, like the older yeah. guy stuff. Yeah. Like it was, this is way dating me. And this was, I was very young when this came out. In fact, mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to watch this because of the content or the subject matter. And it was rated R or whatever, but the old Sly Stallone movie, you know, Ooh. First Blood, which was the original of the Rambo series. I remember watching my first Rambo movie and I was like, wow. Right. So that's kind of like you, Mm -hmm. you saw that stuff. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, my, my, my parents' generation was of the Vietnam war. So there, you know, there was a lot of history there Mm for folks in the family. And, um, I was a little bit of a history buff as growing up. So I kind of, which helps as well too, but I got all my stuff from books and reading about these different conflicts and what they were using. And that wasn't just firearms. It was like the equipment and even like the the ships, the naval ships and things like that. It was very interesting to me. So that's where I was being influenced. But going back to cinema, like I don't know, it starts with like Sly Stallone, then it gets into Arnold with the Commando movies oh, and gosh. Predator and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you guys saw that, you know, saw that stuff as well. But what's mm-hmm. like the, it wasn't flashy. Like they, like yeah. you see in today's movies, it was like, it, it look, it was entertaining. Um, and it was certainly like overdone. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely trying to think. Uh, I mean, immediately what comes to mind was my favorite action movies, and you see crazy guns all the time, is the the Expendables series. I don't know if you've seen that. Never saw it. Wow. It, I, they, I think they have four movies now, but never it has it. Stallone. Every major action star you can think of. I remember the I remember the cast, but I never saw it because yeah, of that. They have like some crazy, crazy guns on there. I remember one of the scenes, one of the movies, he has an AA-12 shotgun, and he's just in a hallway just, Mowing just shit going crazy. Yeah. I was just like, wow. Like, <laughs> so again, so again, that's in- interesting with the yeah, influence. So definitely there. cinema, definitely cinema. I mean, even double backing to what you're saying as influence as well too. Um, I guess you can say my kind of generation do base their stuff off like books and old guns and stuff like that too. I, we come across a bunch of retro builds of people wanting old style guns, looking old, having old parts. Uh, I've had several friends buy old stuff that they're never going to use just because it's clone correct. 
That's interesting. Like yeah. I see the, uh, it, it reminds me of cars. Like, yeah. our, you know. Yeah, like, some people like buy them, let them sit forever and that's their, that's their collectible. Yeah. Same thing with firearms. I mean, same thing with this community. There's, there's so many avenues in this community that people don't really know about. Like just like every other hobby, like you said with the cars, people, some people buy cars and they drive them constantly. They drive every single one. You can compare that to someone having a bunch of guns and using every single one. Or you have this other guy over here who buys a bunch and keeps them all, but doesn't really know how to drive. Mm-hmm. So you have that, or you guys, guys that just like, I just like how that looks. I don't want to ever shoot it, but it sits there. It's cool. You know, so, I've I've had these conversations before, but never on yeah. the show. And I think that's interesting because like we have, you know, people will find out, you know, how many guns somebody may have in their safe. And they're like, that is fucking crazy. Why that do you need... Crazy. I don't know, 30 guns. Ask the watch guy how many watches he has. That's my point. I'm like, so why do you have everyone, 18 Louis Vuitton purses in your closet and 16 pairs of Prada shoes? You know, and why do you, why? Because I like to. Well, that's the same, same it's the thing. same thing. Yeah, it's, same thing. It's an, it's an easy compare and contrast there, yeah. but it just sounds weird it because sounds of weird, the but, utility of the, mm-hmm. of the firearm or firearms versus the utility of a Prada purse or a Prada yeah, pair or, of shoes or whatever. Yeah. Some, everyone's going to be like, well, those are completely different. But at the same time, it, a hobby is a hobby. And you're going to do those same influences and those same tendencies and all those hobbies that you do as if it's not stocking up on a bunch of stuff or actively leveling up. So. Yeah, so let's talk about that mm-hmm. because then there, it comes in like, okay, so you have these hobbyists or you have folks that are like recreationalists mm-hmm. or you know, people that are really serious about yeah. whether it's just shooting, just getting out, being part of the culture, collecting, all of those kind of things. But then you have the person that finally realizes or realizes at some point, um, I need to take my curiosity to the next level or you know, you have this thing that's just happened like we just mentioned in Maine mm-hmm. and you have a citizen there that's like, you know, I've never considered this before. Yeah, but this guy's out on the loose, and my I have my family to worry about now. And what would I do? So they're recognizing or acknowledging the problem in a different kind of way. I've maybe I've been anti-gun, or mm-hmm. I don't see the need for quote unquote assault rifles, right? I don't see that, but I do see the utility in having a firearm to protect myself as an equalizer. And I think I should probably look into this. And that's where I want to go because I think a lot of people have that question. I know they do because I have this, these conversations with them. And for whatever reason, they feel comfortable maybe having them with me. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, what ends up turning into is a very long discussion, which often needs to start with me going, why don't you tell me? what your understanding of these things are, like firearms in general, firearm mm-hmm. safety, um, your experience. Uh, do you understand the process of even going through? What once you Have you thought through the next step? Okay, having a gun is fine. That, that is a step. That is, but what are you yeah. going to do about training? What are you going to do about storage? What are you going to do about um, uh, informing or educating the other people in the household that are going to be around this thing or may need to utilize it if you can't or won't? Those kind of things. And that that conversation yeah. or that thought process is not usually it's well developed. You, usually not even in step one or step two in their thought process, which is something that needs to be number one at all times. I mean, you can any gun can go bang, you know, but you knowing how to use it and how to keep you and your family safe and everyone on the same page right. is a completely different story. Yeah, I'm just so lost because the the conversation is, you know, I think starts and stops with I got to get the the item, yeah. I have to get the and product. Yeah, yeah. you got to get it, and once you get it, you're good. That's what, that's what kind of a lot of people 
I mean, even during this pandemic that we just had in the last couple of years, a lot of people were just buying stuff just to make themselves feel safe, but not really take that extra step of, if I did actually need to use this, what am I going to do about it? And am I going to feel confident about it? So yeah, that's, that's kind of where a lot of people don't really have all of the steps figured out. But I mean, it's definitely somewhere that everyone needs to think about for sure. Yeah. And so I think that's the, that was impetus of this conversation is maybe putting together, you know, something where like, if you're listening to this and you're like, dude, I know all about how to buy guns and how to shoot them and how to stay safe and everything. Cool, man. Well, maybe this is a conversation that you've been trying to have with somebody and you're not getting through or Mm -hmm. you're just finding it really difficult, right? It's that ant that just is no. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone uh, listening right now has that one friend that's like, huh, you you doing that again? Or you spent that much money on that or you're going to go train again? So maybe, maybe there's something in this conversation that can resonate with them in a different way or helps resonates with you to have that conversation with somebody else in the world, a little bit different way, or maybe listen and hear them, what they're giving back to you in a little bit different way so that this conversation is more productive Mm -hmm. and we start to take some of the stigma off the table, but also more importantly, inform and educate people on what that process is. Now, so you just mentioned like pandemic and you were working in the, in the store yeah. through pandemic. Wild. Yeah. What do they call like gun, gun or whatever it was, right? Like talk about some of the stuff. What was, what was some of the stuff that you like, obviously nobody could have seen any of that coming, but what was some of the craziest stuff you saw? I got to say, I mean, the lines were definitely crazy. Uh, we had lines almost every single day uh, outside our whole complex, which was just wild to see no matter how much work you did, there's still a line there waiting for you. Um, which meant it, it was really affecting people. People were really scared and people really didn't know what was going on. There was over like something million, I think, new gun owners in that era. Uh, I don't think we'll really know. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever really know. But there was a lot. I mean, we weren't the only people going through that. Um, but I got to say, probably the weirdest thing going on is back to the laws and regulations that people really don't understand. Uh, obviously, most common question, I can't take this home today. Mm. I just gave you I just gave you $800 I just gave you I just took a test and gave you every federal document I have and I can't take this home. That's, Fortunately not. That, that so that that one surprises me the most yeah. still to this day that people don't understand that that's what's been voted for mm-hmm. and passed in legislation and that you can't just go in and purchase a firearm today and walk out the door which always comes up in conversation for me. For a couple of reasons. One, whether it's a California resident or not, and mm-hmm. most oftentimes mm-hmm. it, it ends up being that, uh, they are very uninformed with regard to that particular process. Yeah. And I think th- they, again, like we have this individual that's run around and now he's murdered people and he's still on the loose. And we always have to wait for the dust to settle and for the things to come out. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think most of the news outlets, including the independent ones and the, even the citizen journalists that have their own insight to these things and their own connections and, and what's being released by law enforcement and the, the supporting agencies is that this guy had a long history and of mental illness and it's, making threats. It's always, always something like that. And was already sort of uh, flagged, if you will, to some extent. And that there's, we're just handing out firearms to crazy people, uh, or we're just handing out firearms to people in general. Do yeah. uh, unfit people wind up with firearms? A hundred percent. hundred percent. It's I'm, going to happen. But 
again, there's this like false narrative that we're just handing guns out. Like I can just go to a gun show. There's all these loopholes at a gun show. No, that's, that's another thing as well. I've heard too. It's like, oh, well, I'll just go to the gun show and grab it the same day. It's like, not in this state, buddy. Unfortunately not, not in this state. Yeah. So I, I can't speak to all the, all the laws and other, all the other states, but I Me, do want to yeah. talk about this, this one. Um, and, uh, you know, and I know in some others, New Jersey, New York, wild. Right. Very, very restrictive. Uh, they're trying to make, you know, legis- and in the, some of the things that we've done here in terms of restrictions have bled over into states like uh, uh, Oregon and now Washington. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to see some of this stuff escalate. We're seeing, you know, district courts uh, and, you know, very, circuit courts come back. And very go. weird time. We're getting we're getting a lot of states going up. And then luckily some things in our California stuff are going down. So it's, it's, it's tough to it's, keep up it's with. Very tough to keep up with, and also time frames. You don't know what's what's real and what's not, and it's it's yeah. very hard. And so, with all this information that's constantly being passed across the airwaves, mixed with the emotion mm-hmm. uh, and the misunderstandings uh, and the flat out lies, as you mentioned, like it puts the the new gun buyer, uh, particularly here in, in this state, in a very disadvantage a disadvantaged position. Yeah. Uh, and it can be very confusing and I would imagine very intimidating. And even if you do think you know, there's always going to be a pain point in this process. Oh. I have never, ever experienced any, any time I've ever purchased a firearm or know anybody that has that hasn't run into some glitch in the process. Yeah, I, I've had, I've had a few just absolutely flawless transactions, but there's always, there's always a little thing that you got about six or seven things that need to all line up and they all need to be good, yes. which, is, which makes sense. I mean, you're doing federal government paperwork. Like this needs all to line up. But for some people that have never bought for the first time or something like that, they might not know all that stuff needed is needed to purchase. Yeah, I want to I want to make a point here, though, that yeah. you mentioned like, OK, so there's six or seven things that need to line up. And I love what you just said there is like yeah. they should like we have a process. We're trying to play by the rules here mm-hmm. as much as we think the rules may be restrictive or oppressive at some level. I go in as a law-abiding, a peaceable law-abiding citizen to exercise my Second Amendment rights, spend my money, right? Yeah. Get this product. And and I have done all the right things, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm there's still, in, or at least seemingly I've done all the right things. And somewhere, somehow, somehow something gets messed up. And yeah. sometimes it's human error. But a lot of times it's just a, like a, what I, what I initially for me, I think was a uh, an unrealistic expectation about a couple of things. I was mm-hmm. trying to go in really really patient, but an unrealistic ex- expectation about maybe how one part of the process might be. But the other the other thing I think is is just like uh, I use TSA as an example, mm-hmm. right? Like I could go anywhere in the country. TSA has their certain standards, right? Like here's their process. Yeah, but I've never been to an airport where, where the process is the same. Same, yeah. And you have humans involved in this process. And the barrier of entry to become a TSA agent is clearly very, very fucking low, right? So, you, you, if you, as long as you got a human involved in that process somewhere, there's going to be a lot of room, yeah, yeah, for things to go wrong in that process. A little or, bit of human error, or a little bit of, or this just or not that. following the process, or yeah. like, hey, I'm the boss today, so we're doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't make it right, and it doesn't no. mean one of those those process. The process is good to begin with. And the the off person that does get that, their experiences may be ruined or maybe very very confused from then on out when it doesn't need to be that way. Right. Does so, the laptop go in the bag or not? Yeah, like uh, do I take, do I my, take shoes my shoes off or, or don't I? Yeah, you know what am I what am I doing here? Do I have to put my hands over my head or what? What are we doing here? 
So yeah, all of those things, I think people can relate to mm-hmm. that. So going back to like the new, the new gun owner, let's walk through <laughs> the process for day somebody, in the, life. the day in the life, like of the, of the gun, of the new gun buyer yeah, and the person that could be, uh, uh, sorry, is on the inside of that process from like a, like a retail operator, mm-hmm. like a, a, mm-hmm. a salesman or shop owner's experience. Yeah. And I've been on both sides. So it, like you said, there's always, if it's not one thing, it's another sometimes, but I mean, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the people that are probably listening, that have purchased guns multiple times. They'll have their own little packet ready to go. And they're, well, boom, boom, boom. Those are, those are my favorite transactions because I don't have to think everything is there. Everything's good. Don't have to double cross anything. All the eyes are dotted. So, I mean, it gets, it gets to a real easy process once you've done it the first time and you really understand. And it's really not a lot of like crazy stuff you it's need. It's not that difficult. It's, it's a lot of stuff that you already have and you see every day that you don't even realize. Right. So, so if I go into this, so let's mm-hmm. say I've decided again, I recognize there's a problem and now I'm, I'm taking action to try and fix that problem. And I think the best approach for me is to go in like, I got to get a gun. Yeah. Okay. Again, we already, we already put out there. There's a lot of other things you need to be thinking about but, or should be thinking about as a responsible but, yeah, let's, let's, citizen. Let's say you haven't necessarily, and you're just like, I just need to, this is my problem right now and I need to solve right. it. I need to feel safe or comfortable in some sort of way. Or I want to get started, I want to start training and I want to be able to protect myself and family. Yeah, which again goes back to this thought process of, it's, it's the same thought processes of you think you're going to be safe if there are no guns. And this person is thinking, I am going to be safe if I have a gun. Mm-hmm. Both are Wrong. Both are entirely wrong. Right. Entirely so wrong. if we get into this, so I walk into the store. Walk into the store. I walk into the store. What should I, like, what's the reality of walking into a firearm store to buy a firearm for the very first time with very little background uh, or experience or knowledge about any of yeah, these things? Yeah, I mean, even even for me, being on the other side of the counter, walking into a gun shop that I've never been, don't know the, don't know the uh, employees, don't know anything like that. It's very, like, ugh, like... Well, you don't know what you're walking into. You don't. Okay. You never know, kind of uh, who you're going to be dealing with. But it's definitely uh, a shell shock to see all that stuff on the wall for the first time, and in the cases, and just having everything accessible and being able to actually see it in person for the first time is awesome. So I kind of recommend anybody who's going in for the first time definitely get a feel and get hands on with a firearm that you like or want to see. Because if you just say, "Oh, I've been doing a lot of research and," On this gun, this it does this, this, and this, and this guy really likes it. I guarantee you, you're not gonna like that gun. It's funny you should say that. Uh, yeah, like I saw this on Call of Duty. I want to see mm-hmm. that gun. It seems like the right exactly. gun, the right gun for me. Mm-hmm. So I imagine, and because I know I've been, you know, I've been around the block a few times, and I've I've seen a lot of things, yeah. as they say. Uh, but yeah. but my point is, is it can be very overwhelming. Very overwhelming. While it's cool, yes, yes. it could also Super be very cool. overwhelming, mm-hmm. and you're. What, what what questions am I supposed to ask? I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah, you know, where do I even start in this process? There's so much to to take in as well too. And to so many options as well too, depending on what type of dealer you're dealing with or what kind of shop you're dealing with. Some shops will deal only with what they like and everyone, some shops will have anything and everything. So when you have that anything and everything, your mind will go forever and ever. Yeah, you can so get lost. You can get lost. So it, it sounds crazy, but definitely don't be scared to talk to people. So, okay, so great advice. Don't be scared to talk to people, ask their advice. Hey, what are you getting today? Or everyone is in, in there for the same reason. Everyone is uh, trying to be part of that community in some way. So uh, that's what that's another thing that people, I feel like, overlook or overthink is that everyone is kind of like this mean, like, oh, 
45, won the world war, like yep. type of stuff like that, which is definitely not the case. A lot of people want to help people and make sure that you don't make the same mistakes I did as in buying maybe, maybe this firearm and spending X amount of money in it. And, oh, I don't like it. It's like, oh, well, I could have told you that, dude. Just ask a question. So I think like that's a big thing. Uh, even your sales rep or something like that, asking questions. Don't stop asking questions because at the end of the day, this is a firearm. This is something you need to be safe with and you need to like and you need to understand. Uh, it's not something you can just grab and be like, all right, yeah, got it. Oh, there's a guy over there, and he's coming at me right now. Squeeze! It's not that simple. So that's a um, I th- that's very good advice for the new yeah. for the new gun owner slash gun buyer. In that, be prepared to ask many questions. Yeah. So if if you're not sure what questions to ask, mm-hmm. I think it's also okay to disclose that I'm not sure what questions to ask. But yeah. what's the reality of walking into walking into a, to a shop mm-hmm. when when there is a unassuming, uninformed buyer on one side of the counter? And a dealer, sales rep, you know, whatever shop owner on the other side that has an agenda today, which mm-hmm. is to run their business, make a profit yeah, and sell, sell firearms. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are some of the things that are realities of this? Yeah. So you can get a lot of different reps when you go in or just, just employees that uh, all, like I said, all different walks of life in this community. So you can have you can have the one guy that just preaches what he talks. Oh, I shoot this, I shoot revolvers, and I really like a revolver. It's small, compact. Whatever they whatever, have their biases. Whatever their biases, or you have, like you said, the shop owner that wants to push his agenda. Oh, we have this on sale today, so this is kind of the only thing we're selling. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we have this, uh, we have this five selection of here, but that's really what I'm only going to tell you about. I'm not going to tell you anything else that exists. Um, or you have those uh, salesmen who are literally there for you. They could, they're like, okay, you haven't shot before. You okay? Let me bring you a couple options. Let me bring you this. Let me bring you that. Um, without overwhelming, so, without mean? overwhelming. I mean, personally for me, um, it's kind of like exciting. And oh, I'm gonna have to do a lot of explaining on this one. Mm-hmm. But it's more of exciting dealing with that uh, first time gun owner because it's like, oh wow. Like you probably have some preconceived notions. You probably don't, but I'm going to be able to level them all out for you right now and basically get to show you all your options, show you what the do's and the don'ts are, uh, no matter what kind of manufacturer or what firearm we're pushing that day. Yeah, there's a lot of gray area in that. A lot of gray area, but like like I said before, do not not be scared to ask questions. It's tough. I mean, but no... To me, I mean, you'll have maybe people joke about uh, no question is a dumb question. Uh, for first-time gun owners, there's a lot of stuff that are like not not correct at all. So having that that fine you line mean preconceived of, notions, preconceived notions. Yeah, they're coming yeah. in. They're like, uh, yeah. So I've heard that this is the right way and this is the wrong way. And mm-hmm. you're like, hold on, time out. I don't, hold on, hold I don't on. know where you heard that. Yeah, yeah. But let's uh, let me talk you through this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's important for for a new person to understand and for that person that's been through this process before, yeah. not understanding what the and feeling totally confident, not remembering or not understanding what I've the person had, standing next to you, like that loved one that's asking you the question may have not had an experience at all or had a really poor one. I kind of liken this to, because I'm in the fitness space, like walking into a gym for the first mm-hmm. time, not mm-hmm. feeling comfortable in your own skin, not sure, being sure where to start, what to do. And, you know, asking like, can you just tell me the prices of the gym? Well, yeah. if there's options there and there's things that, you know, that you may want to know and, yeah, and or don't matter at this point. Your question like, might not be as simple as you thought. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Great advice. And for anybody, again, listening, that's like, 
yeah, this is so fucking basic, man. Like, like I'm just, this isn't, this is, there's no value to this at all. Well, think beyond yourself. And I think that's a lot of the problem in our community is it's very, very self-absorbed. Uh, at, a, at a lot of levels, but there are people out there that really want to help you. And that, again, that was my experience yeah. with you is like, yeah. you know, coming in and going, Hey, what can you tell me? And I, I think I may have been, I'd like to think I was a slightly more informed than a lot of people, but I, I and I, I won't go through all the details of my, my, uh, my, my separate experiences there. But the, the, the point of this is, is like, I was trying to build something that mm-hmm. I, and I'd never built anything before. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing too. And it's kind of a weird gray area in California as well, too, because they have these remanufacturing laws that, uh, I mean, a lot of dealers have to deal with if they're putting parts in and building stuff for people. Um, so a lot of shops will kind of be gray area between that. So, But in cases like that, it's very tough. Uh, it's very tough to make sure that you have what you want and it's all going to coincide and it's all going to work yeah, together. Yeah, it's going to be legal. It's going to be legal. Legal, legal, legal. Uh, configurations and firearms or assault rifle or AR-15s in general are probably one of the biggest things in California that people are just like, what did you say to me? Right. So it's very misunderstood. misunderstood. And and it's confusing. I'm still confused. Like if you, if you ask three people that are in a a shop at three separate times or whatever, you're probably going to hear. You're probably going to get. Variations on the theme, mm -hmm. right? Variations on Mm -hmm. the theme. And that that's because of the ridiculousness and how this has gone with all the nuance that's been written into law that ridiculous is wording hard to understand leads. Yeah. Leads, it's hard to understand. You have to ask five people to see if you guys all think that's what it said. So as a new, so, so as a new, new gun owner, understand that, that it is even the folks behind the counter can be confused mm-hmm. and, or have a, have a tough time articulating it to you yep. uh, in, in a way that doesn't, because maybe it's not that they don't understand it. They're just trying not to confuse you. Yeah, right. that's a lot of stuff that happened during COVID. Uh, I think during the last year, I think the, I think you could buy a handgun and a rifle um, once a month. And then now those are separated. So you can only buy either or once a month, I believe. I think it may have been a little bit before that. It was right yeah. around that time. Around around basically, that time. you can only buy one firearm in a 30-day period. Yes, yes. I think shotguns are an exception. Shotguns are an exception. Uh, but during that happened, it, because shotguns are, really, are way, yeah, those are insane. Those are differently leaving bigger holes right. than anything else. Well, right? that, so, somehow that's it's fine. Somehow that's okay. Yeah, somehow that's okay. Somehow but, you can buy that when you're 18 in some states, and it's like cool. Yeah. Which, but then they bring it to this other side, and it's ah, yeah. So, I, again, it's just yeah, a, it's, it's some of the wackiness there. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of I don't I don't understand the rationale. But yeah, we can go on. Yes, on there were all kinds that. of stuff. People are coming in going like, well, I want a rifle and a pistol. Well. Ugh. Or a handgun. Sorry, we have yeah, to. That was have just to, that was just for an example. But we're yeah, gonna have to of, handle this over a couple mm-hmm. of month period. Understand this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so not stuff is always implemented as fast as you see it online, or as easy as it is. What, what's this? What's some of the like? I don't know if somebody like if there's ro- I don't want to call it a roadblock, but maybe like what's the most annoying stuff that a let's just say a buyer comes in with mm-hmm. that. But they think they know. They think they're more informed than they are, and it creates a challenge for you trying to do the right thing for the buyer. Like mm-hmm. in terms of like what's in their head. Like what are they? Where you're going? Hold hold on, man. Like you're. I get what you're trying to do here, but you don't know. You clearly don't actually know. And I'm trying not to insult you. Let me inform you. Yeah. Like what are? Do you understand? Am I, I making sense no, with, the, I with the question? Percent uh, agree or I get what you're saying. Uh, but I think in more instances than not, it's not necessarily the 
the customer or the buyer that's that's usually doing that. They're usually pretty open ears unless they're kind of like down their fourth or fifth gun. They're like, okay. hey, dude, I kind of know now. I know this process. Okay. But usually uh, from my experiences is there's always that one extra little cocky guy that thinks he knows and will start talking to that new gun owner. Oh, you mean like another customer yeah, we got two running guys interference, right here, at interference at the desk? Oh, that's, that definitely has happened yeah. to me. But yeah. you don't want that or you don't you don't want to do that. You should get this for your wife or blah, 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 blah. Those, <laughs> those are, I want to say, maybe top one, if not two. Or top, yeah. Just not, not the business. It, that's, that's what convolutes people because I can be saying my whole spiel on how I think a Glock would be a great first handgun for you mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. But then you have this guy over here saying, yeah, never liked Glock, shot it once, never again. Right. Got Mind this. your own fucking business. Exactly. So right. now you got this guy over here that's not, oh, like, is he just trying to sell me on a Glock or is this guy right? Because he's actually shooting. He's on this side with me. It so just goes back to the insecurity. Insecurity. Yeah. So it's, there's stuff like that too. There's definitely people, but I mean, as in a customer standpoint, you really don't get those guys that are on that first time buyer high arc. Like I've seen this or that. The most of that is just California's roster of firearms. Mm. That's a, that's a big deal for people that are new into the firearms industry that see something being tested or see something new coming out. And they're like, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that. What about, like, look, I'm going to ask you this one, but what mm-hmm. about, this one bothers me the most. <laughs> That's what I'm going to ask you. But it bothers me because I do, uh, I do interact and, and sort of coexist in a, in a few different worlds out here uh, in this, in this space. And it's very male dominated. Yeah. Right. Very yeah. male dominated. So when, a, when females are trying to enter the space or mm-hmm. either purchase their, their guns for the, for the first time or mm-hmm. get uh, training or educated or whatever, I find there's less people at least publicly like, and, and have the sort of the reach or the platform mm-hmm. that are talking to, to the, the, the female buying yeah. customer. Yeah. Right. And oftentimes there's some dude running interference there because that's where maybe that female is gone to get information from. Yep. You ever run into those? Because I run into that in the fitness business all the time. Oh, know? it's let me let me take it from here. Like let me show you the rope or something like it's that. It's obnoxious. It, yeah. it it is. It is. It's like they're they're not lesser beings. Like they, I, I any recommend any firearm I recommend for a, a male, I recommend for a female. Wait, say that they're, again? Yeah. Any any male any gun a male could shoot a female could shoot just as well if not better. It's it's a huge huge stigma that like oh I need something for the wife let's get her something small let her get her something small that fits in the purse or let's get something that shoots three fifty seven that she has no idea what that's gonna feel like. So yeah, I want to say that is a big misconception of people thinking that uh, women or their significant others need a smaller handgun when that actually is one of the worst guns to shoot for the first time. I've, I I made the same, I wouldn't say my own mistake, but I definitely uh, let it happen. <laughs> my mom, for her first firearm, wanted this really nice revolver. And she's never shot revolvers and I'm trying to explain the whole spiel. And it's a snub nose. So she okay. she was like, oh, I like it. It's so nice. It's so cute. Harder to control. She right. shot it twice. Didn't finish the cylinder. I'm done. Done. I've had same exact stories so from for, other for people you, too. It's a, for you, it's a like a a misstep, misjudgment, uh, maybe a, a life lesson of maybe I should stand up yeah. and, and say something. And for her, it's a $600 mistake. $600 mistake that probably the husband bought. But still, at the end of the day, like 
you don't want to have to pretend you like this gun every time you go out and shoot oh, with yeah. him or try oh, to, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people or wives or significant others will get into that just to be around their other significant other. So when you're over here recommending stuff that you don't even shoot, they're probably not going to have a good time either. So yeah, I, anybody that's trying to get their, their girl into shooting and stuff, let them shoot your stuff. Just let them shoot your stuff. I doubt you, I doubt you have some crazy stuff that they can't handle. Right. Uh, I doubt you're shooting 357 every day out of revolver or 10 millimeter or something I don't something know too crazy. many people doing that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. We're in a different day now that a lot of these, a lot of the things are very controllable and very fit for everybody. Right. So you're out yeah. there with your $6,000 handgun and you're trying to. You're like, oh, I, I don't know if she could shoot this though. Putting her into like, a micro, yeah, you know, like, some type what? of micro compact yeah. thing. No, no, right. definitely not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying all small guns are bad. No, don't recommend those. I'm just saying as a first time gun owner, I highly would not. I, rec, I highly recommend not doing that. That's. A re, I think it's really good advice. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not probably the gun to learn how to be proficient. No. Right. And no. efficient with. No. Yeah. Uh, it it sort of makes sense. So there's some conventional wisdom mm-hmm. that maybe goes into this. Yes, it's compact. It's considerable. I don't want anybody to see this or Which know that I have it. Which makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Also, like you gotta you gotta think about more of situationally, environmentally, and where you're at geographically. Like, are you going to be able to even get a CCW? Like, how long is that process going to take? If you're buying a gun to specifically get a CCW, make sure you're in a location where you can get it and you can actually go through the whole process and you're not a prohibited person. Or Because there's a bunch of stuff that goes into that that people are like, I'll get all the way to the finish line and, oh, I can't cross it because I didn't see all these other things. That's frustrating. Yeah. Again, which definitely. then creates all kinds, of, all kinds of issues. I've had, yeah. I've had tons of incidences where... For firearm purchases, um, during this 10-day wait that you have in California, mm-hmm. first day you do your paperwork, the 10th day you come and pick it up. Um, if for some reason you have anything in your background, you will be either denied or undetermined. Uh, we've had some people be undetermined, meaning they can't pick up their firearm because of parking tickets or because of unpaid child support or just little things just like that, that that trickles you all the way down. That well, I'm going to say child support isn't a little thing. But, yeah. Well, no, no. But, no. I, but, but, but uh, that's neither but in there. some people uh, that don't think about that. Yeah, they have a bench warrant because they exactly. got a summons to show up for jury mm-hmm. duty they didn't know about and exactly. you know, unpaid parking tickets somewhere. Yep. All, all those. And you're flagged. And mm-hmm. so you, you can't go in there. So let's talk about this because yeah. I think these are the things that people really want to know. Mm-hmm. And again, these, these are what create the most uh, frustration and and it doesn't need to, if you knew about this going in, you could, you, these, these things, you're finding out about like the law mm-hmm. and the tickets yeah. all at the same time. Like, it's like a double whammy of yeah. like, uh, what the fuck uh, is first going on? The first time the, to the gun shop or to a firearm shop could be a very wide <laughs> or very weird day or big right. day for you. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so let's, yeah. So let's talk about it. So, okay. So let's say I've gotten this great experience from, from Alex behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's recommended this and maybe even, you know, he's even recommended some instruction for me that, mm-hmm. you know, a person that I can connect with, uh, to learn how to use this thing properly and train with regularly and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm ready to make my purchase. So I've decided I'm buying this gun. Now what's next? What should I expect to do? What do I need to be prepared for? And then we can talk about the pitfalls and the things that happen yeah. along the way. Yeah, so uh, not jumping ahead, but basically your your first step will usually be, if not the first or the second after you figure out which firearm you'd like to purchase, is taking the firearm safety test. Okay, so you have to have a, you have to secure a firearm safety card. Firearm safety card. Mm-hmm. And how does that happen? So that can only be implemented at a gun shop by uh, a DOJ instructor. 
uh, which majority of the time you'll have, if not one or two on the sales floor, which is not something for a customer to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the test is called is $25 and it's good up to five years. Who and, gets the money? Uh, 15 goes to the state and I believe 10 goes to, to the shop. The shop. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're being paid. So the shop's making some money for administering this. and For administering the test, the, the state is getting their little back end on it as well too. Of course they are. Of course they don't, they don't stop. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. I have to, and so talk to, talk to me about this test. Like what's, is what's the test like? What the can you, test, what could you compare yeah. it to? The test is it's mostly a common sense test. I mean, to me personally, re, I mean, going over it constantly and just reiterating it, reiterating it to people and just kind of explaining of what that test is. A lot of people think is like, oh, if you shoot at 500 yards, what is the drop in velocity? It's like, ah, I don't know. It's what? definitely it's the, not that. Like, no, yeah. it is nothing. It is like, can you shoot through a door? Yes. It, it is questions like that. And it is stuff, should you put your finger on the trigger? It's like, you, right. you, it's, these are all, these are all very open-ended questions that have a very strict answer to. Um, so it's not a, I want to say the test is someone's, oh, I haven't taken a test since high school. That's my favorite quote is when I used to hand people tests is, I haven't taken a test from high school. I'm so nervous and stuff like that. I, I would compare this test much like to like the DMV yes. and renewal yes. test. It's very much the yeah, same. Yeah. What do you do when you see this sign? Like, so like mm-hmm. people go, yeah, but I drive every day and I kind of get it and I've, I've had my driver's license and I've already passed that test or whatever else, but it really is more or less the same. Yeah. And definitely. it's very easy to get online. I, I don't want to say even a monkey could take it because I don't no, want to be disparaging to I've, people that, that, I've that fail. Seen, I've seen some crazy fails, but uh, yeah. The, most of the people I know that are nervous about it going in do just fine. But, just you, fine. but in order to even start the process, mm-hmm. you have to have this firearm safety you card. You have so to pass this test. Basically what that's stating is that you have you have some level of understanding of what the what safe handling of a firearm looks mm-hmm. like, kind of what it's capable of. And the, there's some do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. You got a little bit of verbiage in there. You're, you're, you're at step one. And what this card really does, if you want to keep going. No, I was just oh, going to okay. say, like, I just kind of popped into yeah, my yeah, head yeah. here that, like, whether you issue these cards or not, this would be a great test for anybody. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of this. Like, put it in the schools. Like, you want, you want people to understand, they don't have to have guns. No. Right. Just put it in, put the test in the school so that people have to for just safety. Just, right. I mean, there's just education as of the long list of stuff that should be added to schools. If you ever came <laughs> across a firearm, this would you understand where, yeah. these basic do's and don'ts? Right. Mm-hmm. So, and to just, to, again, maybe take the edge or off or educate with, people with, unfortunately, I hate saying this with all these school shootings and unfortunate events that happen like that might not be a crazy idea for people to identify and realize what's safe and what's not. Somebody will say I'm an, I'm an extremist for even suggesting this, but anyhow, so you have to, <laughs> you have to take your, your, your FSC card now. So now you yes. passed your test and you get this card and this card is good for life. Like this card or, is good for five years. Yeah. So if you want to get it renewed, you do have to, or lose it. Um, I mean, if you want to get it renewed, regardless, you have to take a new test, but if you do lose this card and then in that span of five years, you have to go back to the exact employee that issued it to you. To just and have one reissued? Just reissued and he signs it, you signed it, good to go. Got it. Or um, you'd have to retake Or this. you retake the test, another 25 bucks. Um, okay. Yeah. You, there's no way around that. Your five years is your five years, 25 bucks, you're done. So Okay. So I just want to yeah. be clear. This is not like you do, this is not like a master's degree. It's not a master's. It's very, it's the most basic, basic. Super basic. Okay. Basic understanding, yes. Then what happens? Uh... Yes, you get your card, and that card allows you to do basically paperwork on any firearms transaction in California. Let's talk about that paperwork. Yeah, so without that card, 
you really can't do anything. So that's kind of your very first step. Even if you don't know what gun you want, it wouldn't be bad just to go take a test. But to uh, be ready, to be ready. Right. Uh, I mean, there's nothing better than for me on a uh, from a sales standpoint is seeing someone with all of their it's just with their, all of their documents their and packet. they've done the little research that they can do without mm-hmm. me giving the rest of them to. Cool. It. So that so, that could help your process just in would, general by being you, in front of it. Yeah. But then there's on the flip side of that, you got some shops that for a while at my local shop that we were doing, we didn't offer just the test because of how much volume we had. We didn't have just time. Oh, I remember. Yeah, we didn't I, have time. I had to renew my cards for you guys. And it was like, yeah. we're not doing those right now because we're, we have a line out the door. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to do like that somewhere else. If you were looking to purchase firearms or something like that, then obviously we'll get you taken care of and all that good stuff. But if you were renewing it, just to renew it and no Purchase. absolute reason. Yeah, that makes that makes it, perfect sense to it's me. It's because yeah, this it doesn't make if this go if this license went was to go um be expired or anything and you don't renew it. There's, there's no penalty. Not, there's for no that. penalty. Your gun doesn't work anymore or right. something like that. Right. It's not your paperwork isn't dead. There's nothing. You're not to an it. illegal firearms no. owner. Yeah. No. You can take one test, buy one gun, be done. Be done forever. Nothing nothing. Okay, so that's really good sound knowledge. I think I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are caught off guard by that. I think the yeah. next the next part of this, they kind of realize they've heard stuff about. Like, so now yeah. there's some other more complicated paperwork I got to figure mm-hmm. out or I have to fill out. And this is where, you know, mistakes could be made or I have to check the right box or whatever else. Can, can we just walk through that briefly? Yeah, walking through that um, is going to be pretty much the same for majority of the states. I'm mean, if not all of them. I'm pretty sure all of them uh, filling out the federal form of the 4473. So that's the pa- that's the little packet everyone has filled out. Where the front you do uh, you have a list of check boxes. Uh, well, let's start from the top. So when you're filling out this paperwork, um, it's going to start with whatever firearm you picked out, mm-hmm. and it's going to be on the top with its make, model, serial number, uh, all that good stuff. Yep. And then you go into so you're your, so the per- the the firearm you're purchasing firearm you're is purchasing being registered is being registered to you and your current address and your being yes as a person. Got it. So. Um, the next, the next thing we'll go into is your full name, mm-hmm. uh, place of birth, and current county and city you're living in, with along with address and all that good stuff. Um, and then it'll jump into some race questions, which don't really make sense, but I mean, I guess it helps with their demographic of who's buying water. I'm not even going there. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I hate the little part, anyways. Uh, and then it goes into basically. I just know series. I have to check two boxes when I get there. Exactly. Yeah. I I know there's two boxes I have to check in that particular thing. Uh, Why do I know that? Because I asked questions about it the very first time I had to redo this. Yeah. uh, Because it would change from the previous years. They change it almost every year. It's wild. If not not location on the form, it's some verbiage or something that's been implemented to the form to make it a little bit more. Not making the process any easier. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So what is predictable is they're going to change it. So, but yeah, what it's, isn't, it's always not crazy, but what's, what is predictable is that you're always going to have your firearm tied onto there. You're mm-hmm. always going to have your name and address and place of birth. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to have a list of, uh, checklists of saying there, it goes on forever, but, um, it's basically yes or no questions as from, are you buying this for somebody else? Are you a prohibited person for yourself? Are you, uh, addicted well, to this or mental health issues? And so let's like slow that. down through here because yeah. I think this is a thing like you, you, I just, 
You don't just put your name and address on the form. They put no. the serial number from the firearm the, on it. You're They're, answering a lot of very personal federal questions to yourself that need to line up. So have you ever been adjudicated, convicted or adjudicated mm-hmm. in court for a uh, misdemeanor or felony? Misdemeanor felony. Okay. That's one. This is, again, state of California. I don't know what it's like to buy it in other states, but I assume it's very similar, if not the same. Uh, the, the, the other one there is, is like, are you currently in the midst of being adjudicated or have any judgments against you, mm-hmm. including things like child support or yep. anything like that. So there's, you have to answer if that you question. you in court for basically, yeah, anything along the lines of that. Have you ever, um, I think one of those is like, have you ever served in the military? Yep. Right. Served in the military. Uh, uh, one is, have you ever been, uh, hospitalized? I think for, mm-hmm. uh, well, for lack of a better term for 5150 or yeah. for some mental illness that's, that's on there as well. Uh, are Something about drugs, like if you're very drugs, you've been convicted of. I think it's alcohol or I think it says alcohol in yeah. there. Yeah, for the any, type of, any type of crime related to crime related stuff. Yeah, to, with regard to that, what am I missing? I mean, those are kind of like the major. Those ones. are those are pretty the major ones for that that first kind of section, and then you get onto the backside, which is kind of more of like if you were on a like a I ninety four or a visa. Um, in this, in the country or in the state. Yeah. Like, are you a U.S. citizen? Do you claim residence here? Oh, yeah. one of the questions is, have you ever denounced your U.S. citizenship? Yes, that is, that is along with the whole uh, visa stuff as well, too. So you have to, you have to go through, it's a, it's very extensive questions, but once you get through it the first time, you're kind of like, all right, I know what I know what applies to me and what doesn't. Okay. So as you're going through, going through this paperwork and that's uh, people are going, so big deal. You, you have to answer some questions. You could lie. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the thing to understand here is where this is going is this is will be this is going to be checked. It goes this, on record, yeah, and you have to go through a background check. So if there's any false statements there that are on record, and if you were convicted, if you haven't, it's going to be on record somewhere. It's going to flag, yeah. and this would obviously come up in a, in a background check. So again, going back to like, you could lie, you could say whatever on that you could, thing. Yeah, you could lie or say sure. whatever, but it's going to come back. It's going to come back. Eventually. And in doing so, you sign at the bottom saying if you yeah, I if you lie, mm-hmm. it's a felony. You've you basically committed a felony for doing that, which then, if convicted, would mean you're not buying a firearm ever. ever you're anyway. done. You're done for life. So there's some so. risk involved in making sure that this this uh, is filled out properly yeah. and that you're fully aware of your background. And again, things have come up. I had a um, <laughs> I had a thing once. So I had to go renew my driver's license. Oh, I had to go, re- go re- my, re- renew my driver's license yeah. and I let it expire. Uh-huh. And no good. Yeah, it was like it sucked. It was. It, it always happens at like during my, my birthday's on president's weekend and there's always like a ski weekend or something oh, in there. God. And so, so we're always like, gone. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I never think about it. Like who's, I just never think about my, my ID expiring and you they never, never tell that, me. You never think that year is going to get there. No. And they never tell me, they never <laughs> yeah. send you like the warning going, Hey, by the way, just as a heads up in a couple of months, your, your ID is going to expire. They don't care. Right. So I, I was out like on this holiday weekend yeah. and I gave my ID to somebody to check in like, Hey, your ID is expired. I was like, what? Really? Oh shit. And, I think I was denied checking into a hotel or something. I had to put it on somebody else's credit card because they needed like, oh, we can't take your ID because it's expired. I'm like, this is so dumb. So which is the wildest thing. But I go into I go into the DMV. I do the whole thing, man. I sit there, I wait in line, I get called to the desk to renew. And they say, You can't renew. You have a uh, you have um you were involved in a you were an uninsured motorist in an accident. And I went, what? I was like, no, no, I've never been in an accident. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, um, you're going to have to show me that you had insurance during this time. I go, first off, I was never in an accident. 
Secondly, well, why am I showing proof of something? Why do I have to yeah. show proof of something that never happened? Yeah. So um, I'm standing there again. Uh, this is now two hours into the process. I'm being informed that I've basically been driving around. If I had been pulled over, yeah. If I'd been pulled over for whatever reason, I I go and I ask the lady. I go so. I'm just finding out about this now. First off, this never happened. Somebody reported like some of the paperwork got messed up somewhere. Somehow landed on you. Some human did something or the technology wound up this way where I was now basically in this system. And I asked her, I said, so what would have happened if I'd have been pulled over with my kid on the side of the road or something like that in the back seat? Well, technically speaking, they could detain you, have your car towed. Right. Because you're an uninsured or you, you basically have been driving around as a fleeing the scene of an accident or, you know. Yeah. Which is like. It's like, what the fuck? Am, what are we even talking about here? Some people just. Yeah. So then I had to go through this whole process of finding the insurance. This was like two years prior. And so I had to find so an insurance card. Supposedly car drive around for two years. With this thing. That's and I've never been not been pulled yeah, over no. for a ticket or anything. And so why I would, would you go know. to the DMV? Why would I go? needed to do something. Else? How am yeah. I supposed to know this? This is my point. Like it happens to, it's happened to me. Mm-hmm. So it could happen to anybody. So having your shit together. Oh, I've had countless people. Uh, I've even done it. I've seen both IDs. I've seen their driver's license and their firearm safety card. Check. I thought I checked both you, expiration dates. Went through, going through the paperwork. Oh, so actually expired. So it, it happens to everybody. Right. I mean, we're all, we're all human making human errors, but stuff like that, you just might not ever be prepared for. Yeah, I just don't want I don't want to beat this up. I just want people going in to avoid the same things. Like yeah. you said, like, don't, don't, don't learn this, the lessons the way I learned the lessons or where you yeah, learn or the don't, lessons. Don't put yourself in that mindset of you, you, oh, I know I haven't paid this, that it might convolute me with this purchase. And then nothing's worse than going to that purchase, knowing that, or even not knowing that. And then you get to the undetermined or denied phase and you're like, oh my God, like, what what happened? Yeah, what happened? You don't even know. What did, what, what, what like, did I do? The mind just goes crazy. I've seen it. I've seen it right there in hand, completely losing their minds, losing minds at us. There's a, a lot of a lot of stuff can happen. So uh, again, like understanding where you are, yeah. in in life before you go in there, because this shows up. Like if you get denied for this, it, like, do, it does show you, up. If you go in to buy a new firearm, you have ten of them. Mm-hmm. But on this time, it's been two years. You're Scott. It's been two years. At some point, somebody reported you as an uninsured motorist in an accident. And this is on your. This is on your record now. Mm-hmm. It's on your. It's in your background as recorded by the DMV. And I go in there and I go. I'm not. I don't have any issues. I don't have yeah. any issues. I don't have any yeah. issues. You run the thing and it comes back. Now I'm flagged. Now I'm in the system as this guy, and I don't know what it is. I'm not told what it is. Yeah. And if I said to you, okay, cool. Well, just sell me some ammo for the guns that I have. You're not going to be able to do that for me either in the state of California because they're going to run a background check on ammo sales as well, which is another That's thing a whole we can other talk can about. of worms we got to talk up. about. So it's shit that you, you got to be aware of. Yeah. Okay. So we go through this 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 uh, this form, mm-hmm. right? And so and then it goes into the background check situation, which we can get back to yep. if we need to. But what else has to be done? What else do I have to do on that? So thing? once you're kind of filled out with those little sections of questions, you probably got like 15 questions you're going through to make sure. I mean, uh, the the shop owner or the employee that's with you can't necessarily answer it for you, but he can kind of uh, help you walk you through it more of a way, like kind of iterate it, reiterate it. Okay. Um, but going back to those laws and stuff like that, if people do get denied or do get, um, if you're denied, it's usually something you've done and you know. If it's undetermined, it's usually something that might not be brought to light as 
as you might know, or it's just something that didn't line up, or even could be you bought too many guns in the same month. That could leave it to it as well too. Um, but one thing I will say for anyone listening that goes through that process and does get undetermined or denied, that shop person that you're working with does not know why. They do not know why. They're reading a screen that says denied and determined, and that's all the information all they, get. they get. They get nothing else. So, uh, which I've dealt with a lot, and a lot of people want to put the blame on the shop owner or, hey, you did, you put my information wrong. In wrong, screens, right? Which is incorrect. Any gun, any gun shop you go to, they should give you a copy of your paperwork before they submit it and after. Oh, any any time I've ever made yeah. a purchase, I've had to verify that verify everything is right everything. before I go in. Yeah, so because for to. It actually goes through three people. Yep. It, the person that's filled it out, there's the, the person, let's say the rep ha- helping you, yep. it always gets double-checked. The policy of the shops that I've always, it gets double-checked against maybe the manager on duty or, or anybody that's nearby that right? also can do paperwork. Yeah, it, and, then, it, and then it comes to you, the customer, to where you're checking off. If that isn't happening in your shop, that's a red flag. And right. that would be... That they're not to say that they're not being thorough. Yeah, if you don't if you don't see the double checking, then okay. But if you're not at least getting some copy of your paperwork or seeing Red it flag. before it is submitted, then I would yeah definitely ask for that. Or I mean yeah, I yeah. mean one of the first things my dad taught me was don't sign anything ever without reading mm-hmm. it, and yeah. anything you sign get a copy of. Yeah, you know so yeah. All right, so these are basic 100%. things. All basic right. things, but just sometimes it might be overlooked for some people. All right, so what else you got? What else do I got to do? As a uh, so. Some other things. Uh, so once you got that all taken care of, they have a safe affidavit form, which goes over how are you going to securely lock and secure this firearm? And then that kind of also goes over with the, with the employee telling over like the do's and don'ts of when you can travel with it and stuff like that. Um, like just because you have a firearm now doesn't mean you have a license to carry. Unfortunately not. So um, that's, that's something that's iterated in there. And so, yeah, you write down your safe make and model. So, yeah, uh, we got a time out. Uh, yeah. So, we'll, we'll, so do, we'll double back. So, a safe affidavit is basically. So, uh, it's not being safe. It's part, it's being safe, but it's also owning a safe, a, a, a safe. You're, you're required to. You're required. You're required by state law mm-hmm. to own a safe or a place to, safe, to safely store. So, in order to even leave with your firearm or sign off on it, you have to have been walked through the proper uh, care and taking care of and storage of firearms. And you also have to be through the process of handling and manipulating that firearm as well too. So you should be almost as good as me knowing every single button that works on that gun before you leave that shop. So, that ideally. Ideally. Right? I mean, it, it being there your first time, there's going to be so much stuff that you're probably not even going to remember what your name was by the end of the day. But... Um, but going back but to the yeah. safe affidavit, basically mm-hmm. you're required to say, yes, I understand that I have to safely store this firearm. Here's the things that I need to do in order to do that. You're writing the safe model number down. So you're basically saying, I own this safe. This is where this firearm yeah, is Yeah, I have a Liberty, whatever. whatever, and that's what's going to be my safe. So this is a California thing, right? Mm-hmm. This is a California thing. And so again, you're, they made all these steps. This was legislation that had to be passed. To go in and, and say, a, and a lot of the firearms as well come with their own locks, which I don't recommend, anyways. But I would highly get a safe. But yeah, so it's it's kind of just an extra step, and then it also right. implements the part of uh, safe handling too. So, right. So. so the safe handling thing is actually when you come to pick it up, mm-hmm. right? You have to show that you are able to safely manipulate it. That is load, unload, load, unload, show clear, make safe, yeah, um, make so, safe, all that good stuff. So. 
there's some level of demonstration or tell show do that yeah. has to happen before you, you're leaving. But mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to that part yet. We're still, mm-hmm. we haven't even. Yeah. So as in paperwork, we'll keep it there. Uh, safe affidavit. That's what that is on its own. You're writing down the person's safe and where it's going and where, how it's being safely stored. Uh, then it comes to more of the kind of tough part where it comes to making sure all your documents in your name are also all the same. This is the worst part. All current and all valid, meaning not expired. They're all, they're all good things. Um, for ARs or um, we'll just go with rifles or shotguns um, are a lot easier to kind of uh, get all your paperwork for. If your current identification card or driver's license has your current address on there and you've already taken your test, your FSC two, test, your FSC test, those two documents, you're done. You're good. You're good. Your address is your current address. Perfect. And if it wasn't, then you would just provide a address showing that um, that's where you live. Through what? Through what? So there's there's a couple different things that the state allows, but um, the biggest and easiest one that I always recommend for people, car registration. Because it has to be a state-issued document showing that everything kind of connects to each other. Yep. So usually what everyone brings and everyone usually has in their car is their car registration that's valid. Um, I haven't come across it too many times that people don't have like a valid car or a valid car registration or when they do, they figure out just right then and there. Uh, yeah, they, they, they come there, they recognize, oh, my ID oh, doesn't match my car registration. I can tell you mine doesn't right now because I just recently moved. Yeah, so... So which, that's, cr- which creates that's issues, which we'll talk about later for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, in order for me to fix this, I have to either get the I- address changed on my ID. Mm-hmm. I just changed. I just moved like three months ago. Yeah. Or I have to change the registration on my, uh, basically, I have to make sure that the registration for my vehicle matches what's on my ID. They have to match. Right? Yep. Or if they if they don't and you haven't had the time to switch them, or I mean, one of them is, or one of them or both are probably going to be out of date if you are moving. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's other there's other options. So, uh, I mean, if you are moving, it's going to be a little bit difficult just because of that's usually what the documents work with. I mean, you can use the lease agreement and that will that would deal with your new address or if you're currently living there, that's work fine. Mm-hmm. You just need the signatures and the pricing and the uh, address of where you are located at so that all coincides. Um, another thing is uh, cable bill, or not cable bill, sorry, uh, power bill. Mm-hmm. Power bill works as well too. Um, we've got some other stuff like hunting license, hunting license, fishing, work, license. fishing license. People use uh, just state issue documents that are really just yep. convoluted or connected to your other state documents, like your license. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, uh, the first or not second one is either a PG&E bill, power bill, or a car registration. So here's a, here's a caveat on the ID thing. So if mm-hmm. you don't have the real ID, the state issued real yes, ID now yeah, here I'm in glad the state you, of California. Glad you brought that up. This this was an issue for me because when I, I just renewed my ID on it, actually going back to the whole renew. I told you the story about how I got caught up in the DMV. I hadn't renewed it again. That was the last time I renewed it until my last birthday, which was this last February. I just renewed it again. Uh And then I moved from that address after. They're loving you over there right now. Right. But (laughs) what I didn't have was the state issued real ID on my previous ID. They didn't even exist and I hadn't gone through the process yet. Mm -hmm. Now I've cleared that, just have the wrong address on there. Mm -hmm. But my point of this being is that that because it wasn't the real ID, I had to show a second, second form. Second form, yes. So even though my address is matched, yeah, that's fine. You yeah. can have everything can be matched. Every, you can, but I had to have another ID, in which case was my birth certificate. Yep, which is the only thing that will suffice for that. 
So if you don't, if you have, if you're in the state of California, you don't have the real ID yet, which you're supposed to, they keep pushing it out. I think it's actually a uh, passport year. as well. Sorry. Yeah. You can have a passport, but again, everything has to match up. You mm-hmm. still have to have two forms. Yes. Yeah, so that's, does not have to do, cause uh, I've, I've had to say this more times than I thought I ever would, but your birth certificate doesn't have your address on there. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work as your other pr- proof of residency. Of, of residency. Yes. So that's what you you always need to provide as a proof of residency. Yeah, it's, people are already so confused and you should yeah, be. You should, it, right? it, is, it is a lot to bring on your first day. Uh, yeah. I mean, most, if not all, don't have all that stuff their first day. So you see a lot of gun shops will, oh, okay, you have this and this. Most people have their car registration so we can get the ball rolling. But a lot of the thing is birth certificate. A lot of people haven't seen that in a long time mm-hmm. or even know where it's at. So that is a is a caveat to some people. Uh, anyone who's listening, if you don't know what the real ID is, it's basically if you look at your ID, if it says federal limits apply, that means you do not have a real ID. You're looking for a golden bear on your ID. Yeah, for California folks. For California folks. If you have the golden bear, you are all good. Um, yeah, I think this is this was a frustrating thing for me. Yeah. Gonna, this is going to come up again later. It was frustrating for me too. Like you said, like I had my ID for the longest uh, sideways federal limits apply. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I just waiting until it expired so I can get a new one. But every time I had to bring my birth certificate to do a firearm purchase or ammo purchase as well too, which we'll get into. So I, th- I think what's but, important for, under, yeah. for people to understand what we're doing is we're tying a person, right, to a firearm and a location. And every way possible. In every way possible. Mm-hmm. So again, for those people that think we're just handing out guns to whoever walks into to wherever. If you think handing out is it, giving the, over four pieces of document, location, with addresses, and waiting 10 my days. My social security number, my address, mm-hmm. my phone number, my fucking, it's a fingerprint is you required. You get a fingerprint. You have to we'll fingerprint. To that, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, Am I done yet? Can I get into my 10-day waiting period yet? You're almost done. Oh, shit. So what if else you, do I got to do, man? If you got all that stuff, uh, you're you're on a good track. You're definitely you're, you're definitely good to go. But I mean, as a lot of gun shops will take of stuff in different orders. Like a lot of, uh, I know we started doing this towards the end. It was like, if we did a safe handling demo with our guy or girl the first day, <laughs> almost half the time, if not more, when we tell them to do it again, which you don't have to tell them to do again. It's just one time. But anytime that someone is a first-time goner, we like to see, did what I say that day? Because a lot of, it will be a very interesting day for you and very, uh, you'll feel like there's a lot of pressure, but there's not. I mean, just the first time you do anything. First time you walk on stage, the first time you walked and talked in front of somebody or gave a presentation at school, it feels horrible every single time. But when you do it that second time, it's not as bad. You know what I mean? So it gets easier and easier once you have your stuff. Um, but yeah, once you, uh, once you get all your documents done, you do your safe handling demo. We'll say we do that on the first day. We get your, uh, your safe all taken care of. Um, once all that's triple, triple, quadruple checked, we submit it to the state. Uh, so the state gets a very, uh, quick and easy version of what you filled out on that packet. This is the state department of justice. Yeah. Not, not the so, federal DOJ. So they are State split. DOJ. They are split. So uh, even when we're done filing our paperwork and you're out the door and you're 10 days down the line, whatever the case may be, we do actually have to separate all that paperwork we okay. just did into federal and to state. Okay. So what so, happens? So the 4473 is that uh, federal part. So we're basically taking the good stuff from that, which is a series of questions and your address and the firearm and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there's a couple questions on that 4473 that will make or break you. 
Um, we've seen some that click yes, and but it had nothing they thought wrong. Yeah, they but just read the question wrong. They read wrong. the question wrong, right. so it needed to be reiterated. So there, you can always go back and kind of do that. You're not just like, oh, I clicked it. I'm screwed. It's it's not necessarily like that. Okay. Um, you'll get the state. We'll implement every all the information that you gave us on that federal document, and we'll put it on the state document, which is sent uh, digitally to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll print that out to make sure everything's uh, basically in line with the 4473 and then in line with you as well too. Okay. So once that's all done, everything's good. You hit submit. Uh, it brings out another piece of paper, which looks identical to the one that we give you. And you give a right thumbprint and your signature and that will solidify your 10 days. So this very, this, this, this very quick submission process mm-hmm. happens right there in front of right you. Right then and there. It comes out. Okay. We are good. We've double checked. Now you're submitting your thumbprint. Mm-hmm. Right, which is another form of identification, record yep. keeping, background check, you know, stuff. If you're again, if you've been lit up in the system before for anything, yes, as if they didn't have enough, and now they have a thumbprint. Yeah. So if you're in the system that way, you can be identified so or that way as well. The thing is, is that like all that paper stuff never gets sent anywhere. It's all just at that shop and will stay at that shop. Where, which is wild. Which is wild. So all of my personal information. So that thumbprint, that personal My address, my birth certificate, copy of my mm-hmm. birth certificate, my ID, uh, my... Uh, or, the, literally. The, the location of my gun, yeah. what gun I have, how many, if I bought five from you, they're all there mm-hmm. at that gun shop. It is all there. How is this, how is this stuff stored? Because you have to keep hard copies. You have to keep hard copies for 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. And this is just to make sure that when you do get audit, audited by these agencies that you are practicing good business models and you are taking care of your paperwork and you are doing <laughs> X, Y, and Z. What's the requirement so, yeah. for the security of this paperwork? Uh, it just has to be a literal area. It's, there's, no, there's no storage or anything compared to like, the guns and stuff like that. Um, so this is, I, have, I, I, yeah. I th- again, I think this might blow people's minds. So you've it taken is. all this information, you have everything... Mm-hmm basically my whole life in front of you, right? In order to purchase yeah. firearm. And then I yeah. give that all to you. I finally get my stuff. I walk out of there. I feel safe and protected with regard to mm-hmm. my physical stuff. But all of my personal and private information just needs to be in a quote unquote area. So does yeah. does the shop have to sign some of the affidavit that said I have a safekeeping uh, uh, of all this paperwork mm-hmm. and it has to be behind this. And I, and I sign that these are my processes and my procedures for keeping all this personal information for all these people, um, uh, it, you know, I guess confidential and that nothing's going to happen to it. And if my shop get broken into, I've got these levels of security and mm-hmm. all this is any of that exists. They do. But from my understanding, not necessarily for the paperwork. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, we do have it in like, we we had it in locked cabinets and stuff like that, but there's nothing stopping you from picking up a cabinet. Um, but there is stuff implemented that in that way for firearms and the security of the okay, shop. Okay, so we got to so, keep yeah. the firearms safe, but the people's information. The security of the shop as well too. So that's kind of what they are big on. So that kind of, you can fit that into the paperwork and stuff like that. But I mean, anybody, if any gun shop out there has enough storage to fit their firearms and their paperwork in their safe, send me a picture because I want to see what that looks uh, that's like. A, that's, I think we leave it at that. Yeah. I think it, we leave it at that. It is tough. It is tough. I mean, you have a whole other space. Like, I mean, just, just doing, like I said, 1.2, whatever. I don't even know the real number of uh, new firearms owners in, in that uh, pandemic time. There's stacks of paperwork stacks. for every one of those. We 
I believe the first weekend of that, uh, I wasn't I wasn't there, but I definitely got the rest of it. But the first two days of that was absolutely insane for the guys. They stayed there for about twelve at night, just or twelve or one a.m. just to make sure the paperwork was done perfectly. And looking looking at paperwork for that long yeah, at it's just that, gonna happen for that amount of time. Yeah, it's we're all human. This it's gonna happen. So having all that paperwork, making sure it's all perfectly mm-hmm. entailed and together and in a secure location is all a very big deal. And the whole seems, different seems thing. very antiquated, man. It is, it is crazy. The, the stuff, and they don't, they don't, uh, they don't help us provide with paper. They don't help with ink. They don't help with printers. They don't help with any of that. We have to buy our own ink pads. We have to do uh, all this stuff. Yeah, but it's tax deductible. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. It's a tax write-off. Tax write-off, yeah. So, all right. So I'm in my background period. You've submitted this stuff. I gave you my thumbprint. Sorry. So now we're in the background. Background, background. yes. You'll get your your paper. And at the top left corner, it will tell you uh, the time that you submitted it. And it Mm -hmm. it is 10 hour, 10, 10, 10, or 10, 24 hour periods. So it is down to the Mm -hmm. second. Yeah, the second. The second. Yeah. Yeah. So if you did it at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. on a Saturday, 10 exact. 24 hour periods from that Saturday, maybe a what's that? That's a good Tuesday or something like Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday at 4 p.m. So you can't pick it up until 4:01. Got so it. So it's down to that. We've even had some like uh, slightly over a um, couple minutes, but during the during uh, the pandemic time, since there were so many people buying and buying and buying, uh, people weren't getting approved in 10 days. They were getting approved from anywhere from about 13, 14, 15 days. Yeah, this is happening in Oregon since they switched on their little debacle up there. And, and, and it it's taking not, 30 or more days fun. for people to get to go through the, the, the process. Okay, so I go yeah, through. So, so yeah, I'm sorry, waiting out. Double, my, double going no, back, that's okay. Yeah. No, I think it's, again, it sounds crazy uh, it to is. some extent. So for people living in like other freer states, they're just going, this is yeah. Sorry insane. not to make it sound boring or like, crazy. I could drive across the border to Arizona, right? And hours. Hours. Hours you can best. drive somewhere yeah. and you can have everything you want. No bad of an eye. You have people more of giving it to you. Hey, let's go shoot after. You're done. Right. Like, so in terms of the processes, there are still processes involved, but this wait period and all the additional extra safe things and mm-hmm. these affidavits and which, all this other stuff. Which is, I'm all for as well, too. I, I don't think it should just be about, oh, name, you're going to go, you're going to live here. Cool. I'm with you. I don't think it should be as that easy. I personally don't even have a problem with the 10-day wait. I know it's crazy, but that's it. the 10-day wait is anybody who actually has firearms, the 10 days is whatever. I think people are getting used to it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely I don't think I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. I think any t- anything you're doing to make it uncomfortable for people or or uh, disruptive for people to exercise their rights. Mm-hmm. Is is a problem. It is definitely. what I have a problem with is doing this under the guise that it somehow is going to change things from like a violence perspective, which it clearly any data you look at has mm-hmm. not changed a thing. It's only continue to get worse because yeah, there's other issues, I, and I don't yeah. want to open up that. But here's yeah. the thing: like that's my problem with the ten day waiting. Why do we do it? If it was doing what you said it's supposed to be doing as a legislator, as a governor, as, as a as an attorney general, or whatever else. Then why do we have these issues? Why is it not digressing? Because you said it was going to fix this, mm-hmm. and it hasn't fixed it at all. That's my bigger problem with it. So if hundred percent, if, if the reason was, behind if it you is could ridiculous. show me at yeah. the end of the day that you're doing what and this is doing what you said you were going to do by having this done, yeah, I might be on board with this. But because you're not and you can't, 
And more specifically, I'm showing you that it's the opposite of what you said. That's my bigger problem with it. So mm-hmm. again, getting off the soapbox there, I don't, I didn't want to make this talk about that, but that is, that's, that's we have a thing. lot of stuff in here, California guys. So we're, <laughs> but we <laughs> dealt with it. We've right? dealt with it we, and we've, we've learned how to it. get around it. So to and your we've point, learned how to still bring people in and realize that, you know, like this, this, is, is, this is what yeah. we have to deal with. So is, yeah. as long as you're a peaceable law abiding citizen, if you're, like, if you're, you can get through this exactly. process. Exactly. You have nothing to worry about. Um, I mean, and also these people that are committing these crimes and they're doing these they're crazy things, process, they're not going right? through this process. They're yeah. going through 3D printed people that make crazy or stuff whatever. online or whatever. Or whatever. They're just buying, yeah. buying, or buying stolen guns or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the the point I'm, I'm hoping people that don't understand this process are getting like, well, yeah. So when you hear somebody say, but, cr- but crooks are not going through this process, now you know why. Yeah. There's no way they're going to go through that process. They can't make it through the they first They wouldn't be able one. to make it anyways. They can't, yeah. So that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying if you took it away, it somehow changes it for them. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't change it for them. You're only punishing again or... or, or Even going back to... Oppressing the, the people that yeah. are, are trying to do the right thing. Exactly. But to your point, we've worked around it. We're doing fine. Uh, I just... Any more of this 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 business is... is and, and even be talking about escalating it beyond to where it is just fries me. Yeah. But <laughs> trying to, trying to, to remain positive here, I go through my 10 days. I got to wait out my 10 days. Yeah. So right? I give you a, give you a paper, um, tells you when exactly you can come back and you don't have to get it on that 10th day either. You about, you have like 30 days to I pick think, it up, to pick yeah. it up. Okay. So you have another 20 day window to do that. And if you don't pick it up in that time, you just have to go through the whole thing. The over whole again. process. The whole process over again. So you're filling paperwork out. You're providing the documents. Again. Another 10 day wait. You're waiting the 10 days again. You're doing all You're of sending it. your shit to the background. Yep. Through the background. All you, of it again. All that paper has now just been doubled up and it's sitting in a... And it's sitting in a, Which in an I've area. had several times. Okay. So, yeah. which is wild to me. Like, I want it my... I want my, I want the thing that I just paid 600 bucks and went through all that stuff for. So, yeah. I come in to pick it up. What happens? Pretty so, simple. if you've brought all your documents and you've done all your safety demonstrations, you have your safe, your safe uh, documented on where it's going to... Where you're going to keep your gun, you have all that good stuff. It is simply as going in signing, doing your same thumbprint, walking out the door. Okay. So can I just win? Okay. So now I'm the new gun owner, right? And I've, got this, I've got this new gun and here it is. It's, in, it's on the counter. Can I just put it in my hand and walk out to my car with it? No. So we've, we've, we've seen some crazy things, but no, definitely. Cause obviously, like, like you said, if you had a CCW, then there you go. But even then you'd still have to register that be, firearm. It, it can't be seen CCW. and it yeah. can't be seen. It mm-hmm. has to be concealed. That's the whole point of that, that thing. Yeah. So we do our best to kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Just give it not, not advice, but like kind of the legal kind of thing is that you can't just be out with your firearm for no reason. You have to have probable cause for this firearm. Like, oh, like for example, if you got pulled over when you're leaving and you just picked up your gun, just like, oh, I'm leaving the gun shop. It makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, A lot of people just throw it in the trunk. Uh, that's what I do a lot of the time, and that's considered a locked compartment. But depending on what car you so have, so, so that's yeah. where I was going. So this thing has to leave in a locked compartment. Locked compartment. So what my kind of order of operation was at the time was I would show you how to safely handle and demonstrate this firearm, and then I would show you how to actually lock it in a secure way as well. Too that also, if you needed to actually grab it, it wouldn't be another hindering process for you. Yeah. So there so, are ways. There are ways to safely secure your firearm mm-hmm. and minimize you know, the accessibility of it. Correct. But bottom line is you have to, it has to be 
be Bottom transported. Line has to be transported in a locked container. In a locked container. Mm-hmm. And that locked container needs to be separated from the ammunition, which we're going to get into in a second. Yeah. So I could go out to my car, put it in my container and in my locked trunk, and I'd be kind of covering to, I'd be double covered you, there. You'd, you'd be good. I'd be you'd double be covered. Yeah. But if it was in a locked container in my back seat, uh, still okay. Still okay. It really, like I said, but you're, it, but you're, it, but yeah. you're, you could be raising a red flag. You could be right? raising so, some and red for, flags. If, 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 uh, if, if you're pulled over by law enforcement, that thing's just sitting on the back seat and all they're seeing is the container, they're, that's going to raise uh, flags for me. Any, and any, for me any cop is going to ask, like, uh, where's what's the fire? going on? Right? Yeah. So, but the point of this is it has to be in a locked container. Locked so container. you need to be prepared for that. You need to buy a lock. Yeah. You need to have a container for it. They mm-hmm. usually come in some type which, of a box. Which you're usually already, uh, Given a lot of the time. Yeah, so you, mo- almost co- every handgun will come with a, a, a lock. So, But you need to be prepared for that. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't and, and yeah. uh, you need to be able to obviously demonstrate that you can secure it, but also have it secured when yes. you leave. Yes. Uh, that's a thing. Like, yeah. uh, like, In worst, worst case scenario that you don't have a lock, uh, almost all firearm uh, shops sell a designated FSD purchased lock. Right. Because there's only, uh, if, there's there's a big difference between um, a safe and then an actual trigger lock. I would always recommend. There's the different safe. styles, yeah. Exactly, right. but if you're like, oh, I have a safe, but I don't have the, I don't have a lock to get you from A to B. Right. Then that's going to be kind of the little issue. Then you there. need to, yeah, the, the firearm needs to be secured or, mm-hmm. or safely locked up. Yeah. So again, that's a that's a whole other thing. You can't just walk out this walk out of the door. No. Okay. So I've got my I got my thing. Right. You got you got your gun. I got you my waited thing. Your ten days pay, peacefully. But and it's not as simple as that because if I actually want to make this an operational fire, I'm going to need a few things, right? Um, you're gonna, yeah. It, if, I'm going to need if some If you're ammunition. starting from the bottom, you need ammunition. You're going to need a set of eyes, uh, ears, and yeah. Yeah. I need eye protection if I'm going to go practice, ear protection if I'm going to go practice. So there are additional purchases there. Mm-hmm. You'll hear, you'll see people trying to customize their their firearms. If you're a new gun owner, you'll, you'll hear all kinds of stuff about what's good, what's bad. Do you need a red dot? Do you not? Do you want to use iron sights? You know, which red dot sucks? Which one doesn't? Yeah. You know, like if you want to put one of those on, is your, is your firearm equipped is to even ex- accept yeah. one of those? Um, do you have a holster for your, for your, for your farm when you take it to the range? Do you have to have a holster? Not necessarily, but it's actually the safer way to be out on the range. Cause think of, you know, the, or even can you it, use a holster in some ranges? It's, it's, com- it's crazy. There's a lot of things to think about here. Yeah. You should be asking those questions, but the point of this is we get to the ammunition piece. Um, and then we don't have to go too much further than this, but now I need ammunition. And that's usually something that people think about, okay, now I've purchased my firearm. I'm inside my 10 day waiting period. Yeah. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I need these extra things. Like my buddy told me I got to get a red dot. So I need to spend, I need another 700 bucks for that. And, um, you know, it only comes with two magazines. So I need a couple more magazines. Definitely so I got to get more. that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to need some ammunition for it. Uh, need something to clean it. You mm-hmm. need something to, yeah, you to need care for it. everything. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the ammunition thing, Mm -hmm. particularly here in California, because I think this is another thing people have no idea about. It is wild. And I've never been yelled at more in the shop industry or the shop standpoint than for this specific uh, thing alone. Talk about the requirement. So the requirement to purchase ammo in California, you definitely need a valid state license. So rather that be a driver's license or a identification card. Uh, and then you basically just have to have a registered firearm at the registered address that's on your ID card. Just. Just. So you can be like, well, I haven't bought a gun before. 
Well, then there's another, uh, well, to even double back, you say you have bought a gun and all that good stuff. So if you have bought a gun in California, you live in California, your address is current on your ID. All you got to do is just an instantaneous $1 background check. And that involves uh, them just swiping your ID, sending out that, that address that is on your ID does have a registered firearm at that location. It will bounce back. Yes. And then you can go ahead and start listing all the ammos that you're going to get. Okay. So listen up Californians that don't understand this. Even to buy ammo, a background check needs to be done. Yes. And 100%. It needs to be verified that you have a registered firearm to the address that's on the ID that you present at the time of ammo purchase to run through that background check. And again, they're going to charge you a dollar to do this on top of whatever your ammo purchase is. Mm -hmm. So let's go back. So going back to my, my changing my ID. Yes. Right. So if I want to go in right now, Mm -hmm. because I have not purchased a firearm since I moved three months ago, I do not have a registered firearm Mm -hmm. under the new address. The X address. The the X address. Because I purchased everything Mm -hmm. on the, including all my, my ammunition before. The ammo purchasing is a little bit more forgiving than the actual firearms purchase. And when you do pick up your firearm, you are um, able to purchase ammo in that at same that time. background check. So you don't have to pay your dollar or anything. I'm, no, like I, yeah, I'm talking about yeah. people that have not bought a firearm for a while. So like if you, me. yeah, so if you haven't bought a firearm for a while, but you know you've had a registered one, um, you can give that address and that address will go through. Yeah, but it's not on my ID. But that's the thing where it kind of goes as not as, because uh, for ammo purchases, you don't necessarily need a proof of residency. Um, a second proof of residency as is. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't happen often, but a lot of the times we would, they would go back to their old paperwork and we would go if they've just moved. Okay, but if I haven't bought, purchased a firearm... If you haven't purchased anything and you are trying to go purchase for that first time and that address is not have anything associated to it, you will get denied. So this this is my point. So mm-hmm. like if I go in right now with yeah. all the firearms that I yeah, own, if you go in right? with that ID with that ID on my new address that mm-hmm. I just got, you know, and that, you don't tell them the old one or anything. because I I moved after yeah. I got that ID, right? And I go in and I say I, I want three boxes of nine millimeter, you know, whatever, yeah, one hundred twenty four grain, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I, th- that's what I want, and they go cool, and they take your. They're going to say, they're going to ask me, Yes. do you have a registered firearm to the address that's on this ID? Correct. Mm-hmm. And I say, no. Mm-hmm. Then the answer to my firearms purchase is, you may not purchase this today. It depends on your shop. So we, I've been in, I've been in okay, a couple of different ones. Yeah, I've been in a couple of different shops that are, they were just verbally or have you write down or even take up your last purchase of your firearm and take that address and use it because that is your valid address. But a lot of people will recommend just waiting that little bit of time but even then, if you are waiting that time to get your address done, you still have to buy a firearm to be registered at that address. I understand. I'm so, talking more about all of yeah. us gun owners that have an address change because mm-hmm. we move. Yeah. And now we're not able to purchase purchase ammunition for yeah. this. Now, here's another thing. Okay, so just buy it from somebody else, like out of state, and and and, and have it shipped to you. So, like, you could just do that. I mean, I can just get on any, any um, you know, ammo sales site, right? Mm-hmm. And I just can have it shipped right to my address, right? Mm-hmm. No. No. So, you have, you have some people that are, uh, com- as I say, some people, I mean, some distributors or manufacturers of ammo that don't care about California's laws and will just send them. And we, we get those stories all the time. That, oh, I don't have to go through you guys. Uh, we, I get it sent to my house. Cool. All good deal. Legally, federally, they're Legally, supposed to be honoring. You need right. to send it to an FFL um, gun in, shop. Federal in the state of California. License, in the state of California. 
Um, doesn't have to be necessarily local to you. It just has to be a shop. Um, has to be a registered firearms uh, license. Yeah. So I, I, again, like, but I could go to Arizona and if I was a resident there and order it, they can send it straight to my house. Yes. If you were, yes. If you're living in residence. So yeah. it works mm-hmm. differently in different states. So it used to, it used to be like that in here. Um, I can't think of the year. Um, before 2018, probably. Yeah. Uh, you could buy ammo. No that sounds problem. about right. Get shipped in. No problem. Doesn't matter anything. So let me tell you, let me tell you a little story. Um, <laughs> one of my very good, very good friends works for a, uh, works for a, a department of justice agency, right. As a federal law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, re- he recently moved out of the state and, but works in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, dealing with kind of like family moving around or whatever else. So he's actually like here uh, to work while family lives somewhere else while they're working this out. So he actually is like to, to manage expenses. So that he's, he sometimes he spends the weekend here rather than f- fly back. Yeah. Right. So he's just trying to, you know, again, he's a federally employed employee. He's not making a shit ton of money. So as a federal and a new federal law enforcement officer, he is like, he, he's, he's pretty conscientious and he wants to train. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I have time, like I'm not out partying, right? Like maybe some of these other new guys are like, I'm, if I have time on the weekends to work out, yeah. right. Downregulate a little bit and I can go out and train with my farm. He's looking to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. So he goes over to the local shop right? and this, mind you, this is a lifetime California resident who now has a, an ID from a different state because he moved a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, but got, gotcha. got stationed here with the agency. So he goes into the local shop to buy ammunition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is a federal law enforcement agent goes into the shop and they go, we can't sell you. We can't sell you the, the ammunition. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? They say, well, he says, well, you don't have an ID or you don't have a registered firearm at the address on your ID. You're from out of state. I cannot sell, sell you this ammunition. Mm-hmm. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Here's my badge. Here's my identi- federal identification. Here's where I'm from. I wish I could. Yeah. He's like, I, I, I can't do that. And just so you know, everything right now is being audio and videotaped. So we're going to come back to this. We'll come back to that too. He goes, Which I should have brought up in the beginning. This guy picks but... up the phone to call me because he's like, this can't be right. These just have to be some f- tool bags behind the counter yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Who's holding this up? Like, and they tell him the department of justice. He's going, my employer is telling me I can't buy ammunition in my own state, right? It's like, yeah, the DOJ manages this. Well, it's the California state DOJ, but they're using the term DOJ. And again, this is this yeah. can be confused, but mm-hmm. they work hand in hand. So mm-hmm. basically our attorney general's office is the Department of Gen- yeah. Justice you, you, here in California. Not, not wrong, but it's definitely California. It's California holding them up. Yeah. He calls me up and he goes, dude, is this right? He's calling me from outside the shop. He's like, dude. I just wanted to go out and and put a hundred rounds down range today and mm-hmm. try and practice. Mm-hmm. I can't even buy ammo here because he's telling me he's telling me the Department of Justice hold me up. I'm going the California Department of Justice is holding you up, man. I go, this is what people voted for here, and this is what's legislated. He goes, this is not fucking America, and I go, I'm so sorry. And so this is how again, this is a federal employee who doesn't understand like the ridiculousness that that, that we're going through here, and. This is a guy who, on his own time, on his own dime, because the department's not paying for wants this, wants to get better. wants to get better, wants to go out and and he's being denied. Yep, it's 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 wild. Spending his money, right? Uh, 
that supports a local business, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, he pays taxes just like everybody else, right? And they pay taxes just like anybody else. Can't get, can't get any ammunition for his guns no. or his gun. His service gun, right? Service gun. Which is... He can't, he can't yeah. do it. And, I'm, and he's like, and again, uh, he was very frustrated because he was not informed going in there. And the people behind the desk were not informed. Now, I want to mm-hmm. come back to the whole video audio taping thing. Yeah. Because this is something that happened in our county. Very, yeah, very, it happened very recently in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And now it's being throughout the entire state now, which is just. So all firearms and ammunition sales are required to be uh, audio, audio and, and video, video taped. recorded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just want to go back to the folks that think we're just handing this shit out to people. Yeah. This is not the case. No. And we also get audited on those as well, too, to uh, see if your storage is valid through those last, uh, I believe, you have, I think it's 60 days or 90 days that you have to keep a valid footage for, um, which is a lot of storage. And you're selling guns all day. And ammunition. So it, it, it is a little bit taxing on... And who's uh, being recorded? The peaceable, everybody. law-abiding, yep. California, United States citizen who is trying to exercise... Their rights in whatever way they yeah. see fit for them. Mm-hmm. Who's not being recorded? Shitbags out on the street that are, are circumventing this stuff out. It, so it's we're definitely in the wrong so, area looking for people. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think that that proves the point. It's just that there's a. I think the 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 energy is uh, being mis- misdirected, guided, yeah, and the, which turns into uh, emotions and a false narrative. And um, I would let's just say lying mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And at this point, like in some cases, I really truly believe that the politicians think that what they're saying is true oh, and, other, and others fully, fully know that they're lying and saying it anyway, because there really is no accountability to any of this. Uh, I, and I ha- so I have a problem with that. And obviously I stand on the side of it's our second amendment. It says what it says. It is what it is. And I yeah. recognize within that comes responsibility and that responsibility can become problematic for certain people in certain situations that doesn't change what it says and continuing to, if you listen to what we, what you just walked them through just in the simple purchase and exercising those rights. Yeah. It didn't even, it's not easy to do simple, but that was the simplest way I can give it. It's it's, yeah. There's so much convolution in all of that, that all this information gets confused. Yeah. And if, and it reaches the public who is uninformed and they make up these stories, and it, just, and it's it, it keeps perpetuating amplified. itself. It's amplified each time. And it's just, they, 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 it's like that game of telephone. Yeah. Right. It's like that game of telephone. You tell one person, you, you know, shit story changes the a little bit. The farther it goes, the little, the more stuff is not accurate. Then it gets broadcasted. It goes viral on a social media platform or whatever else. And this is the truth. The truth is we have issues and it's not the peaceable citizens that are trying to do yeah. what it is that they're, they're trying to do. And again, I'm not saying this to say that there should be no regulation at all whatsoever around firearms purchases yeah. and who they go to. I'm not saying that, but I'm also not saying I, I, you heard me say it a couple of times. The second amendment says what the second amendment says. So if you're infringing on that at all, and you think that we're, that, States like California or other places are just letting people walk in blindly. It's a different story. With their paychecks and turn those in for, for firearms, it's a completely different story. And so, I, again, the the interesting part about this, going back to the very beginning, is is like your experience in such a, you know, at the, at the place you are in life and having understood all this and how many people get way further just like me and don't understand this because we're not in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, all the time. And being able to share that story from your perspective is very interesting. I, and I, and I appreciate the way you kind of handle that. Like you've done it so many times, you're clearly a pro. And so there's like this kind of like this lightness about it, but I can, I also have been in the, in the shop where mm-hmm. I've, I've seen. Oh, uh, you got guys that won't even talk to you. They right. won't even look at you. They will be strictly all business, all business, all and business. That's and it, not what it, that's not what it is. I, I don't, I don't feel it as, I don't see it as a, I mean, it is a business, obviously, but I definitely see it a lot more than that. And it's it doesn't a service. Have, it's a service. And it's a, a community service thing. Right. Uh, I mean, almost, if not half of every firearm that I've sold to a customer of mine have come back and they've wanted to somehow be amplified in the community or know what their next step is. Where do I get, where do I go to training? What kind, what really gear do I buy? Like, there's not everyone's like that, but it definitely, the more, more the time goes on, the more that people are kind of waking up and being like, I really want to do this for myself kind of thing. So that's what, that's what being in the, in the shop or kind of the stories that kind of float around is that people are just, like you said, have preconceived notions and they're just ready to kind of branch out or see what the actual, this, see what this, uh, this process is really like, I guess, not to go on like a tangent, but. No, I think yeah. I, what I hear you saying is like, I, you've, you felt a little responsibility to helping somebody through the process in, a, in yes. a helpful way. Yes, yes. I felt like if I did someone a disservice during their first time of buying, a, buying a firearm or being the first time in a gun shop or first time training, uh, being out there and really training and really harping in your skills and trying to be adequate with what you're dealing with is my favorite part almost. Cause I don't, I don't want to feel like, like, Oh, I got this. I got my first gun from this guy. He was kind of, uh, it didn't, I don't even really like this. I don't even really know what I, I didn't even learn anything when I was over there. That would be my worst case scenario. Like I, I would rather a lot of people come in and ask a bunch of questions and not know than someone pretending to know. I think that's the, that's the answer here at the end that I was hoping I would get from you. And that mm-hmm. is, is the, is your, your, your position on it is, is yes, I stood behind the counter and I had to go through process, but it was more of a service to help people f- get into the the right thing for them mm-hmm. at the, in the best way that they possibly could is in the best way that I could possibly help them. Do it in a kind and informative way. Mm-hmm. Be thorough. Be thorough. And, and, and firm. Which is, which is the hardest thing to be in this kind of industry or even everything that comes with it. There's a lot to, there's a lot so to much to, there's to so much. download and unload and process. So if you're, if you're that guy, if you're standing on the other side of the counter, like that's the message I would hope those people get because I hear the bad stories a lot from people. Yeah, like I, I mean, I've in, even, I've even were, worked with the bad people. They were too, unapproachable. So. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they had a, a specific agenda. They were trying to sell me this thing. I didn't really want this thing. They kind of, they, the, the responses that they had to my, my questions and, or my opinions on certain things, yep. you know, were, were off-putting. And, you know, maybe even disparaging. They made me feel stupid. Uh, that's I, I've, I've had, yeah, I've, I've heard, seen, witnessed all of it. There's truth in, in yeah. that. I mean, there's, there's truth in that. And, and again, I think it discourages a lot of people from going through the process. And I think there's a lot of people that if they had, if they felt like they were actually going to be helped rather than sold, yeah. you know, when they walked into these stores uh, or these places, particularly again, in our state of California, that, um, that we would have maybe some more proactivity from those people that had great experiences. Cause you don't hear about those. All you hear no. about is the bad ones. No, when you do hear about those, 
great experiences. Guess who they're guess who they're bringing the next time they come? Right, if a friend or a significant other right. or their cousin or yeah, something. There's a business and opportunity, and then it goes too. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I mean, you talk to anybody that talks to lots of people all the day, or has been customer service, or has a business and knows that the best way to talk to somebody is not through a business standpoint. It's to really just be a person mm-hmm. and just be able to be communicated with like that. Because you talk to a robot, you're not going to want to talk to a robot for very long. Yeah, I get where you could be standing on that counter and there's a line out the door and it seems like the same conversation mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. over and over again. I've, be, I've been there, done that. In the service business, that's, yeah. it needs, that is it, what it, it is. It needs to happen yeah. sometimes. So it, it is what it is. Well, I guess I'm just wrapping this up, man. Like, uh, Again, we, we started off with a few things kind of from the cultural standpoint. You helped me understand things a little bit better. I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing your story and uh, your insights there. You know, from Hopefully the gu- someone makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it will. I really believe that some people that are, that are listening to this may have turned it off a long time ago. Because mm-hmm. like I've been there a million times. I know this thing and this isn't super helpful for me. But I do believe there's some valuable information that's so. stacked up inside of what you what you provided there. And they might even have questions like in terms of like, Hey, I heard you say this part, but what if, or I've had this experience, you know, in the shop as a consumer or maybe as a, as an employee, Mm -hmm. how might you handle this differently? Or where would you recommend? Maybe I live in this area, you know, usually again, that's a great way to find coaches. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing with the community as well, too, is finding someone that you're comfortable with and you actually like, and I'm sure you want to be. Yeah. So shopping is a thing and you're not just shopping for the gun. You might be shopping for the right shop and shops need to understand that. Like I'm not. I, I was told this once um, by, um, by uh, I, I forget where it came up, but it was, we had the shoe shop downtown where I used, where we had our previous studio. Mm-hmm. And then, and I was, I was, re- I was recollecting like what a good experience I had and this person's name and whatever to this client that I had. And yeah. I go, yeah, we know, we've known her for a long, long time. Look at it this way. She wasn't trying to sell you your first pair of shoes. She's trying to sell you your 20th pair of shoes. Yeah. And they were right on with that. Cause I just keep going back to do- That's- that's business how, there because that's how of the experience I, I kind of operated too. I mean, you, it's guns it's are not, like tattoos too. Yeah, by the way, like, like you get one, you can't just have one. Mm-hmm. So they that is a hundred percent the analogy. You got to scratch it. What right, yeah. well, my well, my thing is don't fall down the rabbit hole because if you do, you're not coming. Yeah. Back. Well, I know some guys that love being in that thing, and, and oh. they're really good at it too. They want to know all the things about all the guns, and they want to shoot them all and have them all. And hey. That's part of this. That, you do you. Like, like I said, there's you every you. aspect of life that is in this community. Right. And you can definitely find a spot, if if not make one. Well, if you're trying to help somebody maybe find, or if people are really looking for a spot, is there a way you can help them? Like I know, we, so you got Arm the Homies, the whole lifestyle brand. Like yep. if people wanted to reach out, get more information about about uh, ATH, but maybe also maybe pick your brain or, or um, maybe get some information about where to go, like regionally, because generally... You know, shop owners know other shop owners, employees know other employees regionally. I know you travel around right now quite a bit. I mean, you've been you've been spending a lot of time with Kyle over at Manzano Tactical. Yeah, shout out to him. It's been a great part of bringing this community together in California and just really spreading it uh, throughout the nation. Almost, I mean, we like we we went to Atlanta together this past uh, couple months or earlier this year. I guess now it's been so long. May, yeah, but. Yeah, the community events are a huge thing, um, which I highly suggest anyone that has one in their state or has one even small local one Get or to a it. match or something like yeah. that. Highly, highly suggest. Everyone there is basically waiting for you. They want to show you the ropes and they want to show you all this cool stuff that we have to offer. So. Yeah, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to that. And you, yeah. sometimes you got to find the right tribe and the right person. Definitely. So if they want to reach out, what's the Insta handle? What do we do? 
uh, Instagram, Arm the Homies Actual. That's us on there. Um, we also have our website as well too. And then we also try to update of where we're going to be at locally. Um, like this weekend, we'll be down a little bit towards SoCal Porterville area. We'll be teaching a handgun and red dot or head, handgun, red dot and rifle um, down there with Kyle. Um, so that will be awesome. And then we're also going to be at CRW, which is in November. Yeah, can't uh, wait for CRW. CRW is going to be a great, great event. If uh, nobody's heard of it, it's a great community event down south. Um, mixed with vendors, uh, people of interest, uh, great trainers from all around California and other states as well, too. Um, and then a lot of vendors, too. I, we do have a vendor day, which is super nice. So anybody who can uh, have the opportunity to be out there, I definitely would. It's yep. definitely a life-changing uh, Kind of event. Yeah. I, I It was for me and it yeah. has been for me. And that's why this is the third time I'm participating. Exactly, yeah. uh, it's November 10th through the 12th. That's mm-hmm. Veterans Weekend. Uh, just above uh, Azusa. It's yep. a, I think officially we call it Azusa, California. It's in the San Gabriel Mountains at Borough County Shooting Park. So November 10th through the 12th. Go to uh, California Range Weekend. Uh, you can go to the the website there. Just punch that into your your Google browser or your browser. It'll pop right up. Or go to the Instagram handle at California Range Weekend, and all the sign up stuff is there. Yep, I will yep, be yep. down there with the I'll ATH guys and a bunch of other uh, other cool cool folks. Yeah, but, we'll all have booths down there. So make sure you guys come say hi, say what's up, grab some merch. Well, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate your time and energy today. I appreciate you having me, man. Hopefully, a lot of people listening kind of learn something or open their eyes at least a little bit of kind of the little stuff that California people got to do to get their first gun. I think they did, man. Great job. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.